in five, four, three, two, one. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute. I know you. You got the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your hubbearer. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy is good. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Welcome, everybody. It's Tuesday, January 16th. This is the Mike Rutherford Show. We're coming to you live from the world-famous University of Louisville College of Business Studios here in frigid Louisville, Kentucky. Cars fans, if you're looking to get an MBA in just 12 months, one that can hook you up with an average starting salary of $84,000 from a top 100 business school in the nation, the University of Louisville College of Business has you covered. If all of this sounds good to you, start your journey today. The first step is by visiting business.louisville.edu. We're on the air today from 3.05 until 6 here on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming all over the planet Earth. You know what's better as the Big X. Mike Rutherford is here. Justin Kalen, a.k.a. Scooter Dingus, is here. We've got lots to cover over the next uh, almost three hours. We've got... Rivalry action tonight. I'm jealous of Scoots about something. We've got a a list where Louisville's number one that we probably don't want to be number one on. We'll discuss that. We got NFL playoffs to react to from last night. The divisional round is now set. We've got crazy weather all over the place. We got kids learning from schools. We got kids on delayed schedules. It's all happening today. Before we get into any of it, we got to say hi to my guy Scoots. Scoots. How are we? I, I, I'm shocked. I, did you say you were jealous of There's me? There's something today that we're going to talk about that I'm jealous about. I, I don't know that anybody's ever been jealous of me in any situation. Well, well you, you did win the lottery. That's true. Yeah, there was probably some people <laughs> jealous of me then, but yeah. it, it doesn't happen very often in my life. You did date This Is Indiana Girl. That's true. That's true. But she wasn't 18 yet, you weirdo. So. Well, you weren't either, though, right? Right. So, oh, correct. Yeah, I was hoping that I had gotten all the details of the story <laughs> correct. So, uh, so, so there's that. So there's yeah. two things. Yeah, no, I'm I'm good. I've had a great day today. Not really. It's we had a all <laughs> we had an all systems failure right after KRC today, so we've had to deal with some equipment malfunctions. But it seems like it's all ironed out. Everything's been working fine since. So no, overall I'm pretty good. I, I am hype. It's it's Indiana Purdue day. I'm I'm super excited about that game. Indiana's a nine and a half point underdog, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. So I'm gonna be making some money tonight as well. Yeah, it's all all in all, I'm great. So, How are you? so hyped that 24 hours ago you didn't know the game was even happening. That's true. So hyped. Yeah. Now you were you were kind of we, we have the and this is where my lack of technological savvy when it comes to well any anything pretty much but especially when it comes to radio mm-hmm. comes I, I don't know how to describe it. We, we got the big board out there which like if you've seen an 80s movie 
like that's how they have like every computer system looks like the gigantic yeah. radio board out there. You're, you're pushing a bunch of buttons. There's you know stuff flashing, makes noise, beep boop beep boop. You were kind of messing with that when I came in, and that made me nervous. Yeah, no, I had to switch some things over for uh, I guess for the Indiana game tonight. I don't really know. That's the thing. I just I just do what I'm asked, and I don't really understand <laughs> the reasoning behind them. But you should you think that bull board's cool when you walk in? You should walk in at six thirty in the morning and see that bad boy. When it's dark in here, all lit up, it's it looks so cool. Well, when we leave here at six o'clock, it's dark. And That's true. <laughs> it's, it's all lit up. Take too. a glance back at it today. It yeah. is wild. It, 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 there's, there's a lot of stuff going on, but yeah. I've never actually seen anybody besides like Glenn mess with it because I don't think anybody else knows what they're doing. Fun fact: I actually have to hit. Two buttons on that thing every single day. See, but that's why you're a jack of all trades. Yeah. Well, but- and and I had to mess with it a lot today. Our whole automation system crashed, so I had to reset that. And yeah, it, it was a wild morning. So is that yes? Is that what happened? Yeah. No. The our automation system. L- luckily, it didn't happen until after the last commercial break of Kentucky Roll Call. So we were able to finish the show as normal. But then come nine o'clock, nothing was playing because I couldn't hit play on anything. So I had Oof. to make make a few calls. Had to had to call Dave, get him to put something over the air. So we got it all worked out. It only took about an hour, fifteen minutes. But Thank God, yeah. Thank God. It, it, it's all good. Stream's good. Radiation's good. good. If yep. you're listening on fourteen fifty or ninety six one, I'm sure we're crystal clear. It's the way it gets done over here. Justin Kalen, just taking care of a business. No, you got to do what you got to do. You know it's who he is. It's what he does. Uh, we were con- today. We we continued the. The great big school search, which now apparently parents do, where it's, you know, you, you, when I was growing up, it was just, hey, the school's close to here. Your brothers go there. Like, look, that's where you're going to school. Now, like, we're touring schools for our, our four year old for when she goes to kindergarten in a couple of years. And let me ask you this Have you, you grew up in Indiana? Yep. Have you been back to the school where you went to, like, elementary school or middle school oh, since, since then? That is a super sore subject. Oh for no! Me. Does it not exist anymore? They, uh, yeah. So they had oh. to they had to cut some schools out, which I don't understand. This elementary school I went to was one of the few like five star elementary schools in that area, which I don't really know what the five stars mean. <laughs> but blue chip prospects. Yeah, they they took it down. It was actually right next to Floyd Central High School. That sucks. And now it's like a bus parking lot. Makes me really sad every time I had to drive by there. Like, oh, that like, does suck. So yeah, I have been by there, but the school is no longer there. So we we had friends who went to Mother of Good Council back in the day, which we actually I grew up like really close there. So we went to church there sometimes when I was growing up, and it became it shut down. I think not long after we graduated high school, and now I think it's Portland Christian. But we did always kind of rub it in their face, like, oh yeah, what school did you go to? Where's that now? Doesn't exist. Sorry. Portland Christian's popping off. Portland Christian is popping off, big time, big time. But. I, I so I went to Wilder for my first few years of, of elementary school, and then I transferred. I, I went to Holy Trinity from like fourth through eighth grade. So big years, big formative years spent at Holy Trinity. And when I was going there, it was very much like this kind of small. We, we were a class, there were like three classes in, in CSAA, and we were a single A school, like we're one of the smaller schools. You know, we didn't have air conditioning until I got to sixth grade, I think. And every single grade, it was like two classes of. Like, like 15 to 20 kids. So it was, it was a smaller school, and it was mostly just kids that were like from that area, like, like neighborhood kids. And now it is the biggest Catholic school in the city of Louisville. Like, like they've got three classes for every grade of like 30 kids. They've got all these sports teams. Like, it, it's just, it's totally different. So I was very curious to see like how different it looks inside. And there were some parts where, like, like the upstairs part, 
was the, the exact same, mm-hmm. but the downstairs, like I could not, like where I basically the downstairs were, where you used to have seventh and eighth grade. So it was like my most recent memories were from like that area of the school and it's unrecognizable. Like I, I couldn't even get my bearings. There were only two <laughs> things that were the same. The health room where you like, you went, if you were sick was still the exact same in the exact same spot. I was like, Oh, now I kind of know where I am. And then I went upstairs and the old principal's office was still in the exact same spot. So we're getting a tour from the principal. And I was like, that's where the principal's office used to be. And he's like, it is. He's like, <laughs> I, he's, like, I, he's like, I don't want to ask how you knew that. I was like, yeah, I, I did. Eighth grade was a, it was like the one year in my life where I could feel like I kind of like gotten consistent trouble. I mean, you know, it's just, it's, it's a weird time in every kid's life. You've got the hormones, you know, you're, you're just, you're horny and angry constantly. It's, it's a weird time. Like, you, you know, you're just, you're starting to shave. It was just, yeah, it, it's a lot. Puberty's a lot. And so I kind of acted out a little bit in eighth grade and I did remember where the principal's office was, but it was kind of wild being back there. It was sort of like an out of body experience. And, you know, now it's, it, it is so different. Everything looks different, but I did get to go to the gym Saw a bunch of city runner-up uh, banners that I helped hang from back in the day. I was like, oh, those two toy ball runner-ups, those are mine. Those two basketball runner-ups, those are mine. The one baseball runner-up, that's mine. I was like thinking, I was like, damn, I had a lot of second-place finishes when I was in grade school here. Didn't, uh, didn't really get over the hump a lot when I was in grade school, apparently. So that was a, a little bit humbling. And really not in high school either, because we lost in the state championship game my junior year. So now that I'm thinking about it, a lot of, lot of runner-up finishes in my youth, but it was it was it was weird to be back, but it was cool to be back. It was, well, it was at interesting. Le- at least you got something hanging up because if I were to go back to my high school, which I've done one time since I graduated, I wouldn't see anything that I helped contribute to. So the thing about like so high school at, at Trinity's gym, you do see like for a long time we were one of two state baseball runner-up finishes, and they finally they got over the hump. They won state I think two years ago when they had all these like MLB prospects. So it was one of those where like you see that that team and you're like I mean, we were pretty good, but like. <laughs> kids are getting drafted in like the third round I think they would have been they probably would have had something for us but in the same gym there is a newspaper state championship banner that I helped hang from 2003 <laughs> so like I, I didn't even know it was up there and like I saw a picture uh, when my nephew was playing there a couple years ago and I was like oh, I was like oh the, the state baseball runner-up is kind of it's still a sore subject and I was like oh we got newspaper and yearbook state champions up there, 2003. Circle that bad boy. I'm hanging banners all over that place, so that I, one feels good. That was this is a first for me. I never knew that was a thing. Uh yeah. I, I mean, I kind of did. Who'd really you compete either. with? Uh, other schools in the state. What they just you send one yearbook to them from your school and they judge who's is the best. I think that's the way it works. I mean, there were, I know huh. there were you know we would there were national competitions for for newspaper. I knew that, and I like actually like I found out. This, it was like the fall where I started college. I'd written a column and I finished like second in this national contest about for for columns in high school, which was cool. Got like a little plaque, a little trophy. But the best part was the <laughs> I know I've said this before. The topic that I got second again national contest that I got second for the topic was I wrote a hard hitting column about how when we had free dress days because it turned you have to wear a uniform, we weren't allowed to wear hooded sweatshirts. And I wrote my column about how we should be allowed to wear hooded sweatshirts. The title was literally "Lift the Ban on Hoodies," <laughs> and one second place. And I think the I think the first place too was some like hard hitting take on the Iraq War, which had just started that year when we were seniors in high school. And then second place, like "Lift the Ban on Hoodies" by Mike Rutherford. It was kind of embarrassing. Now the question becomes: Did that lead to any sort of change? Uh, I don't think so. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's you still can't wear them. Well, I think, valiant effort. I know. It, it, the, the best part of that that entire process was because you know they, they teach you. 
It was a really cool class. The, the, the guy who taught me both English and newspaper my senior year, Tony Lococo, I think he just retired last year, and he was awesome. He was my probably my favorite teacher at Trinity. And I, I didn't realize until I got to college how well prepared I was. And, but, like, you know, you're talking about, you know, you're not being ruthless, but, like, you know, when you tell somebody you're on the record, like you're on the record, and, you know, con- like we had written something that got the principal's attention, and they came and talked to us, and it was, you know, the guy who read it, wrote it, who ended up being a really good writer as well, was like, I stand by my column. And it was like, you know, you, you kind of felt empowered for the first time. And this was, the column that I wrote was towards the end of my senior year. And the the disciplinarian at Trinity, the guy who handled, you know, if you got in trouble, like you had to go talk to this person, was the guy who had formerly been the basketball coach and my freshman baseball coach. So like, he, like he liked me a lot. I knew, I knew him really well. He was, he was high on me when I was a, a, like his player. And so I go in there and I'm talking about, and, and so I'm like, you know, we're Mr. Averly, like we're, like we're on the record and all this stuff. And we sit down and like the first thing he says before I even ask a question, he's cause he was a laid back guy. And he was like, between you and me, I don't really give a bleep if you all, if you all wear his sweatshirts on free dress days. And he says the word like S and, and in my mind, for a split second, I'm like, the journalistic thing to do is to report this, <laughs> is to like to ruin this guy's career and use this quote in my story. And I was, it was my, my my first big journalistic dilemma. I was like, do I ruin this man's like 30 year career at Trinity for a high school column? And I ultimately opted not to. I think it was probably the the, the right thing to do. It was the humane thing to do. So I left that out. But maybe I would have gotten first if I'd included that. Who yeah. knows? Who That's knows? hilarious. But it was uh, it was cool to be back. We'll see. I don't know. You know, we have to wait to see. Who gives us the best NIL deal? We're going to take all of our official visits. We're going to see who's going to give Little Virginia uh, the, the best chance to be a, a thousandaire by the time she gets to first grade. And I thought we, y'all had one in mind already. I, I think we have a, a we have a favorite. Okay, we have we're getting pressured now from from certain from people out there. We you know we have friends at certain schools. We've got uh, we, we know some teachers at some other schools, and everyone's just putting the pressure. I mean, you got uh, you know Sean Moss' wife Angie. She does all the theater stuff at Saint Margaret Mary, and she's fantastic. Every, everyone speaks glowingly of her. I took Virginia to see her her like junior Frozen last year, and it was awesome. But you got people in the comments of my Instagram post who are like, "Angie Moth needs to needs to teach Virginia." I'm like, "Damn, they're putting the full court press on." I don't know how we're going to compete with this, so we'll see. We're we're not sure where we're going to go, but we got we have a little bit of time left. We're just trying to get out in front of it. But it was a a, a cold day. It was gross out there. Mm-hmm. I, I know Jefferson County Public Schools had an NTI day, which I'm sure parents loved. Um, the other the Catholic schools were on a delayed schedule. But my my kids' school, they were packed. They were Fine. It was just business as usual. Just uh, you know, just braving the elements. But it's gross out there, man. It's, yeah. uh, it's, t- it's too cold. Speaking of braving the elements, I might have to hang out here a little longer tonight. I woke up this morning. My thermostat was at 57 degrees. Oh, no. So Always a bad feeling. That's, uh, yeah, two years in a row now on the coldest stretch of the year it happened. So, yeah, that's cool. Well, I mean, did you, is it fixed? Um, No, because I haven't been home all day. My roommate oh, no. had to work. I mean, our landlord had to work. He, although he said he was going to go over after he was done with work, so I don't, I haven't heard an update yet. We do have one of those electric fireplaces that puts off pretty good heat. Mm-hmm. So worst comes to worst, I'll have to just chill in that room tonight. This is, I mean, you know, there are certainly benefits of home ownership, but mm-hmm. but when this stuff happens, I do miss having a landlord. It was yeah. always great, like you know, when you had, when you had somebody to go to, you're like, hey man, fix this. Yeah. And and now because we've had we live in an old house in in St. Matthews, and the furnace is is honestly probably a couple of years away from crapping out and we've had issues with it pretty much every single winter that we've lived in the house and it's it's like the worst feeling in the world when you wake up 
and you can tell that it's just a little bit colder than it should be, and mm-hmm. you're like, son of a... And you go check the, the, the temperature, and it's like 63, and when you had it, it set at 70, and you're like, this is going to be bad. Like, I, I don't know what to do. I do my quick run of, of things. I do my YouTube searches. Um, I, you know, I change the air filter if it hasn't been changed in a while, and, and like, turn it on, turn it off. And then after that, I'm like, oh, that's, I, I've exhausted all my options. It's time to call in the professionals. It's a, it, it's a bad moment. Air filters, maybe not a bad idea. Maybe I'll look at those. See, I have a timer set on my phone now. You have to do it. You're supposed to do it every three months. We have an old one. Well, I change it every month. Is it three months? That's what they say. Okay. I, so I, I do mean, it every month. It, it hasn't even been two months for us because I changed them on Thanksgiving. It's so. always a good time. If you can take it out there and it looks a little bit dirty, it's usually the first thing they do. But we've had also had some bad luck. Like We had a last summer, a rock from our, our neighbor's driveway somehow like fell in this like little tube and got lodged into the, like, the, the, the funnel for our air conditioning system and it cracked it. <laughs> And this guy, the guy was like, I've never seen this before. It's like this little pebble just wrecked everything that cost us a thousand bucks. Like, Jeez. it's just, it's, it's all very annoying. But so far, so far, so good. The, the, the last time we had gigantic issues was, it was 2021, I think. It was because I remember Louisville beat Duke at Cameron. It was a, it was a great game. But we had, we were, there's like a little like hissing downstairs. And, you know, it sounded like maybe there was a, some sort of leak, a gas leak. So I call LG&E. And the LGN guy comes in. And he walks into like the little room where our, our furnace and stuff is, and he was like, "Well, your first problem's this. Like, like I don't know how you ever got away with this, but like this is illegal. Like we had a like a, like a, a, a pipe going over our return valve, which is a, like totally against everybody. So he's like, somebody's got to fix this first because that's that's what he's like. I don't even know how this passed a home inspection. I was like, well, then not great. Like he's like, I was like, this thing it's been here for like sixty years. So I had to I, we had to hire like a plumber to chain to totally like reroute our pipes first. LGN shut off all the power. While this is going on, he's like, I can't come back and look at this until then. And so my wife and we had a newborn baby at that time. Um, they go stay with her sister. I'm staying in this freezing house. And it was like this time of the year too, like the coldest part of the year. No electricity, no nothing. And that we finally get the pipe fixed. LG comes out. There is a gas leak, so they, keep, they we can't turn the electricity back on. They can't turn the power back on. It, like, it keeps failing whatever test you need to fail, to, you need to pass for them to like turn the, the gas back on. It was, it was like, ended up being like four days. It was the worst four days of my entire life. That's why I hate terrible. to say this, but that's what y'all get for skimping out on the home inspector. We didn't. We, we got a full <laughs> home inspection. Like, and, and, like, there's been like five different owners of this house in the last 20 years. So it had to have passed inspection every single time. It was, uh, it was ridiculous. It was awful. But, anyways, uh, we, we move on. It is a, it's a good Tuesday. The, NFL playoffs wrapped up. The, the first round wrapped up uh, last night. First of all, your Steelers made a little bit of a run after they you got did. off the air. I was, yeah. I was, I was like getting excited for you when I got home and watched the very end of it. Yeah, I got home and I, I asked Gil, I was like, "What's the score?" And he was, he said, twenty-four to ten. But we had the ball at the time, so I ran in there and thought we were gonna. I, I never at any point thought the Steelers would win, but I thought they would be able to get the cover, which would have been favorable for me as well. So, mm. But that didn't happen, so no, it, it ended up being exactly the type of game I expected it to be. Is Gil a Steelers fan too? No, he's a Bengals fan. Uh, classic yeah. Gil. Yep. Classic Gil, yeah. When it was 24-17, I was like, all right, here we go, just one stop, and then the worst tackling in the entire world uh, happens, and, and the Bills get their last touchdown. At least the worst tackling in the world until the nightcap, as the Philadelphia Eagles concluded, I mean, I don't even know how to describe it. Just a, a sleepwalk off. into the off season, you know, an off season where I haven't seen the if there's been any news today. But I'm assuming they're going to to fire Nick Sirianni and fire some other guys probably because they you know but started the season eleven and one mm-hmm. and finished at one and six and lost to some really bad teams. It's not like it was a fluky deal where 
you know, they weren't that good at the beginning of the year and they just started playing. It was a backloaded schedule, had some injuries, and like they were kind of the same team and just completely fell apart, couldn't beat awful teams, and last night just got destroyed by you know a Buccaneers team that you know, playing well, it was playing at home, but still a nine and eight team that is kind of just a you know whatever playoff squad. And it wasn't close. Um, the Eagles couldn't do anything on offense. They could not tackle defensively. They like, Once they got behind by multiple scores, it seemed like they quit a little bit. Uh, and then Jason Kelsey does quit officially today, Literally, announcing yeah. his retirement. A, a rough stretch of time there for the Eagles. And honestly, first of all, if you're, if you're me last night going into the game, like knowing what we know now, I think it's a little bit different. But who are you rooting for as, as a Lions fan last night? Who, who do you want to see in the divisional round? I think exactly who y'all are gonna see, right? I that that's that was my mindset going in. Yeah, because now I mean the Eagles totally quit. But if the Eagles had figured something out last night and gotten some momentum, and let's say they they they, they light Tampa Bay up, they win like thirty five fourteen. They're clearly the more talented team, absolutely, and, and they've got the championship pedigree. They've been to two straight. Uh, you know, well, I guess they went to the Super Bowl last year. Damn near won the Super Bowl last year. They've been they, they've been really really good for the last two three seasons. And so you worry about them catching fire in the playoffs and just being better than you and more used to that environment next week. Whereas the Bucks, while they're definitely playing better than Philadelphia, it's still a team that you look at and you say, I think we're just, I think we're better than them. If they beat us on our home field, you tip your cap. But while Baker Mayfield's having comeback player of the year type season, you know, he's still, I don't think like a top five, top, top eight quarterback in the NFL. And the weapons they have at their disposal should not match up well with the line. So I like I, I like the way that it turned out. I, I would have liked Tampa Bay to play a little bit worse and maybe had less confidence going into this game. But still, I think this was all you could ask for as a Lions fan going into this uh, this round of the playoffs. And then you see, you know, you, hopefully you take care of business against Tampa Bay, and then you see what happens in the uh, the, the NFC Championship against probably the 49ers. Although I know TJ is is very locked into the the, the Packers and their chances, but. I think it's all kind of playing out the way that I, like best case scenario for the Lions. If you were ranking the eight teams left in in terms of most likely to win the Super Bowl to least likely to win the Super Bowl, first of all, who who do you have one? It's one of two choices, right? Yeah, it's the two top. It would be San Fran for me. I think I would have San Francisco at one, despite Brock Purdy not playing great down the stretch. I think I would have Baltimore at two. Yep. And then even as a jaded Lions fan, I think you have to put the two other. AFC teams ahead of them like I, I think it has to be Kansas City and Buffalo in some order probably Buffalo because they're hosting at three is that fair yeah and then I would say and then the Chiefs probably at four just because Mahomes and, and, and all this stuff and then I think I'd have the Lions at five I think I'd have I them would right there. definitely have the Lions at five so I mean it's not a terrible place to be who's know? last out of Texans Bucks um probably the Bucks I agree Probably the, I mean, the, the Texans, they both kind of dominated the first round, but I still think the the Bucs are a little bit worse. I, I think C.J. Stroud's the real deal. Same. Like, I think he's he's all. I mean, you saw how much worse they were when he was hurt, um, and he makes everybody. I mean, Nico Collins is a beast when he's healthy. I think that they've got they've got enough weapons to at least maybe be competitive this weekend. And I think that should be a fun game. I think it should be a fun game, too. I'm hoping for the best because I, I want this tired narrative of Baltimore, of Lamar flopping in the playoffs to just go away forever. <laughs> I'm hoping that they win and he plays really, really well, and then I'm obviously hoping that they win the AFC Championship because I'm just sick of hearing it. But I, I, there is a part of me that thinks that that's going to be a, a competitive game. I think all the the games coming up this weekend, like this round should be a lot more competitive and a lot more fun than the first weekend because the only like good game we got was Lions-Rams this past weekend. 
So there's that. Uh, let's take our first break. When we come back, I, I've got uh, I'm jealous of Scoots about something. I want to get to that. I can't wait for this. Uh, we've got a list to, to get to that has dominated the local conversation today. We'll also hear from you guys. Get your thoughts in now on the Thornton's text line at 502-414-1450. It's the Mike Rutherford Show, Chili Tuesday edition here on 1450 and 961. Back in the Mike Rutherford Show, a little early 2000 tip hop day on the ones and the twos from DJ Scooter Dingus. That's right. <laughs> DJ JK. Uh, here on the ones and the twos on a Tuesday afternoon in a snowy, but lovely, but freezing Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, Scoots, uh, I mentioned that I'm jealous of, uh, of you when it comes to something today. Yeah, tell me more. So it's, you know, th- this is kind of what we're in that post-college football world, NFL playoffs going on. This mm-hmm. is kind of when college basketball just takes over, especially in this area of the world. Kentuckiana, into Indiana, down to central Kentucky. Like, like you know, we, we live, breathe, eat, sleep, bleep this, this stuff. Uh, this is what we do. And for Louisville fans, it's been different the last couple of years. Our, I mean, yesterday we had a full, like, two-hour conversation about you know, hey, they're looking good. They're only losing to NC State at home by six in the middle of January. Like, that's not where we expect this program to be. It's not what we're used to doing. It's not what we're used to talking about sure. this time of the year. And today on, like I mentioned, we were running around a lot today, but every time I glanced at social media, every time I looked at Twitter, I was flooded with just, like, Indiana fans and Purdue fans just going at each other, just Back and forth. Nice. Just, you know, there were a lot of national think pieces being written about, hey, is Purdue the new dominant power in the state of Indiana because they've been the better program for the last couple of years? IU looks like they're, you know, they're taking some steps back under Mike Woodson. You've got IU fans looking at that, firing back that, look, we've won three out of four against this, this guy. Also, what has Matt Painter ever really won? You know, his record's this. They're going to flame out in the NCAA tournament. Purdue fans coming back with the, you know, you guys aren't even going to make the NCAA tournament. And it's just, you know, it's standard fan stuff. Mm-hmm. But it made me so sad that, like, we haven't been a part of that in a long time. Like, Louisville fans haven't had a chance to fight back against anybody in really, like, three full years. And it, it's kind of felt like we haven't got a chance to do it since before the pandemic. It, it felt like since 2020, we've just been sort of, we've been casual observers to the college basketball world. And like you said, I, I know IU is a a relatively heavy underdog tonight. Mm-hmm. What's it, nine and a half is what you nine said? Nine and a half, yeah. Last I saw. The, but like, it's still exciting for you guys. Oh, yeah. You, you, you're 12 and five. You're four and two in the Big Ten. You still are like just a handful of big wins away from building a, a solid NCAA tournament resume. But these are the types of games that you kind of have to have. And in your defense, or to your credit, I should say, kind of have had Purdue's number in recent years. You swept them in the regular season last year when they ended up being a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. So you've got that motivation. Big game assembly hall is going to come back. Like, this is a big deal. And, like, you know, if you're an IU fan or a Purdue fan, 
I'm sure you're spending this cold, cold day just counting down the hours until seven o'clock when you can, you know, watch these two titans go at it, uh, which or you can listen to it right here on 1450 The Big X. But it made me jealous of people like you, rooting interests, uh, whose rooting interests lie in this game and who have, you know, you're going to feel something tonight. And, and tomorrow yeah. night when Louisville goes and plays North Carolina, another national power, like, I don't think I'm going to feel that much. We are 23-point underdogs in that game. Probably not going to go well. Would love to see them be competitive again. But even if they did, like it doesn't change anything dramatically for Louisville. For you guys, there's a lot on the line tonight. And it's, yeah. uh, that's, that's got to that's gotta feel good. It, oh, it feels great. And I you spot on nailed it. I have literally been counting down the hours since about 7 o'clock this morning. So, knowing then, I only had 12 hours to go, and then now, here we are, 3.30, I've only got, what, three and a half hours to go? So, it's going to be here before I know it, and you're exactly right. It, it it does have a lot on the line for Indiana, not only just in terms of resume building, but it's a rivalry. It is a team that you've had their number against, especially in Assembly Hall. They've won the last two in Assembly Hall versus Purdue, but it just, it's one of those games that it makes you feel something, and I, and I think that's... That's what you're after. You're just ready for a game that gets those juices inside you flowing and, and ready to watch some Cardinal basketball with some excitement. I loved – I mean, the best thing that I saw was I saw that there were some Purdue fans who were sharing the cheapest ticket price for both the games because mm-hmm. the, the second game between oh, these two teams is February 10th at Mackey Arena. And tonight in Bloomington – again, I don't even know where they get this. I'm assuming Ticketmaster or something, but they've got the little graphic where it says – you know, the, the cheapest ticket for tonight's game is $82 to get into to Assembly Hall to watch Purdue at Indiana. Mm-hmm. And then on February 10th, as of right now, the cheapest ticket to get into Mackey Arena is $379. Sheesh. And I was like, man, I miss it, – it's so dumb, but I miss ticket price, you know, back and forth. I, I miss smack talk about, you know, at Rupp Arena. You guys, you can get in for five dollars at the Yum Center. The cheapest ticket is like fifteen dollars. You know, it, it's so dumb, it's so silly, especially when you're talking about those two arenas being so big. But man, like it just, I miss it. Two things: Mackey Arena is three thousand seats smaller than Assembly Hall, so they should charge more for tickets. Second thing: Purdue is uh what a top two team in the country they've been number one for majority of the last couple seasons number two right now i believe so yeah they should have that interest in people wanting to pay more to go see them indiana hasn't hasn't really been on that main stage so i mean 80 dollars still is not all that cheap 88 yeah it's 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 a hefty price to watch a college basketball game in this day Suck and age. Purdue. Uh, you're all you're doing is firing me up are you i mean are you, are you somebody who grew up as like a i hate purdue oh yeah absolutely really? yeah okay. for, so for me growing up it was Purdue and Kentucky. Couldn't stand either of them. The Kentucky thing came from just growing up in a family that you were either Indiana or Kentucky. There was no no other fandom in our family. That's You were one of those two teams. So that's where my hatred of Kentucky came from. And admittedly, as I've gotten older, I've kind of softened up on both of them. Um, I was still – I was always, I feel like, more sour towards Kentucky than Purdue. But then it, I, I started Kentucky roll call, and I, I let those guys get to me. See, I, I don't think you're alone in that. At least in this part of the, of the state, right? Because mm-hmm. you know you hear stories about Kentucky fans that live closer to the Tennessee border who grew up hating Tennessee way more than they hate Louisville, and you know I'm sure there are some that that you know depends on where you where you are. But here in Louisville, being so close to Indiana, I always got the sense from the the few Indiana fans that I knew. That they hated Kentucky way more than Purdue. Like, yeah. like I don't even re- really remember hearing about the Indiana Purdue rivalry when I was growing up. It was all 
you know, at this time point in time, Kentucky and Indiana were playing each other. That game was always huge, and a lot of times it was at Freedom Hall in Louisville, and so you you know, you, you couldn't avoid it. Like you were always hearing about it. And then I feel like just in the last few years, the Indiana, like, you know, obviously I became more aware of the Indiana Purdue rivalry as I got older. But in the last few years, it's really ratcheted up to the point where I'm seeing the smack talk and I'm seeing the back and forth and the old, like getting old school Louisville Kentucky vibes, and that's fun. Like it, it's nice to have another rivalry to get excited about as just a college basketball fan. But they've cut. It's also gotten a little bit nasty more in recent years with the ad, you know the people using social media more having more access to different types of rivalries and, and these crazy fan accounts that are out there. And I've, I've enjoyed that as well. It's been, you, you have the perfect stakes in a rivalry where you've got, you know, Indiana historically has been big brother. Purdue has been good, but not great as a program. And then you've got now Purdue coming into their own and, and sort of establishing themselves as the better program in recent years. But Indiana still winning the actual head-to-head games. I, like That's the perfect setup for just a, like a, a caustic, super contentious, vitriolic rivalry, and that's what you're getting right now with Indiana-Purdue. I'm actually excited to sit back and watch this game tonight, and I've got no rooting interest whatsoever. Well, the thing about it is is the rivalry the last few years has become it's become really easy to rival on both sides of things. Much like the, the statement you just said, it's because Indiana hasn't been good. Purdue's been able to kind of laugh at them like, oh, y'all, y'all aren't as good as us or whatever. And then the Indiana fans at the same time just are eating up Purdue, puffing out their chest every year. Hey, look how good we are. We've got this eight-foot giant in the post, and Indiana, and they never win anything with it. So Indiana, on the other side, able to make fun of Purdue for that reason. Yeah, it's. it's I think the rivalry is, is in a good spot. I wish, I wish Indiana had a better record going into this game every year. But as long as we just keep beating Purdue, I don't. I could care less. Do you have a good Purdue joke? Do you ever do you have any like rivalry jokes? Oh man. Um. I mean, you've got the classic, like, where's La- you know where West Lafayette is? Go north until you smell it, and west until you step in it. I mean, that's that's like the... I like that yeah. one. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, where's the, you know, I'm trying to think of the old, like, the, the rivalry, the, the generic rivalry jokes, which was like the, uh, you know, I feel like they were always football related when I was growing up. You know, the, the safest place to be during a tornado warning in Lexington is, you know, Commonwealth Stadium. There's never a touchdown there. Yeah. Like, ah, yeah. like, you know, the old, like, what, how are they like a possum? I, I miss, like, because, like, now, like, we're not even fighting back. Like, like I said, like, the text line's blowing up with UK fans half the time. They're like, yeah, you guys are going to get killed by us. And we're like, yeah, we, we, we get it. I mean, we, we, with football, it's been contentious, but we also can't punch back there because you, you want to say, well, we had the better team this year. You just got lucky. And it's kind of hard to say that when you haven't won since Lamar Jackson was, was on your team. So we're just kind of sitting there being like, yeah, we're wait- Louisville fans are waiting to punch back when we get a win. With, with a name like Purdue, though, they're they're pretty easy to joke on. You can do Purdue. the whole Purdue, yeah. Purdue bag, like all this stuff. Yeah. yeah. Somebody Jokes text, are endless. Somebody texted in and said, an IU graduate and a Purdue graduate are co-driving a semi when they came upon an overpass. The sign by the overpass reads, low clearance. They decide to pull over to assess the situation. The IU graduate gets out a tape measure, and they measure the tallest part of the trailer at 12 feet, 4 inches. They then go and measure the clearance under the bridge. Sure enough, 11 feet, 11 inches on the nose. They wander back to the truck. The IU grad says, the nearest detour around this bridge is going to add 30 miles to our haul. What do you think we should do? The Purdue graduate responds, ah, bleep it. I don't see any cops around. Let's just go for it. I have no <laughs> idea what that means. I mean, obviously, the top of the trailer would hit the bridge. I mean, that's what I'm assuming. Because Purdue guys are idiots. It's a long way to go around it. And, but they're, they're engineers, right? 
They're supposed to be good at that sort of thing. Uh, so, anyways, jealous about that. I'm jealous about every team that's excited about college basketball <laughs> right now. But uh, Purdue, Indiana, you'll hear all the action right here on our sister station. Actually, when we get off the air, we'll have the pregame yeah. show for IU on 1450, the Big X, and then tip-off will be at 7 o'clock tonight. Scoots, there was a, a, a list that has caught the attention of the Louisville men's basketball fan base today. Caught my attention as well. It's caught everyone's attention. Jeff Goodman, inspired by Louisville's play over the last year and a half, apparently, decided he was going to rank the, the 20 worst college basketball hires since 2000. I wouldn't be bringing this up if there wasn't a familiar face at number one or near the top. And in fact, Goodman wrote this in his intro. He said, with Kenny Payne going through a second consecutive disastrous season to start his coaching tenure at Louisville, I decided to do a deep dive into the worst coaching hires in men's college basketball over roughly the past quarter century. Payne headlines this list, but there's one coach who makes two appearances and another who didn't even make it through his first season. Seven of the worst 20 hires are former NBA players and coach or, or coaches, and four were shown the door after they couldn't make it work at their alma maters. Patrick Ewing, Eddie Jordan, Sidney Lowe, and Jerome Allen. Payne, of course, if he does get fired, would, would make five on that list. But Kenny Payne is number one on Jeff Goodman's list of the worst college basketball hires since 2000. He has a 10-39 and 39 overall record, a uh, winning percentage of just uh, over 20%. He highlights Josh Hurd as the AD responsible, but says he was that interim. And then Goodman says this in his little snippet, Payne seemed like the perfect choice, did he? And he had complete support to take over the program as a former Louisville star who played in the NBA and then worked as a longtime college assistant. Prior to taking over to the Cardinals, Payne had been working as an assistant coach with the New York Knicks. In March of 2022, he replaced Chris Mack in Louisville, and he's been beyond miserable. The Cardinals won only four games in his first season, and they are 6-10 and this season with back-to-back losses at DePaul and at home against Arkansas State. It's almost unfathomable how low Payne has taken this once-storied program that has won three national titles. So there's that. Woof. Now, here's where, where, where you lose. If we were talking about just on-court stuff, wins and losses, no off-the-court scandal, no, no, no whatever— then I can buy Kenny Payne right now being number one on this list. But Goodman doesn't specify that. And in fact, at number two, he's got Greg Heyer, who coached in Mexico State last year, did not make it through the year. And we've talked about this. Like, like New Mexico State, they had a, a, a murder investigation in December after one of their players got into like they they got into fights with New Mexico students at the New Mexico State New Mexico football game, and then these same New Mexico students lured them into like basically like a, a trap where they were going to beat them up. After you know they had a girl text the the player and be like, "Come over to my dorm" and all this stuff, and they were going to beat them up. The, the guy figures it out. The, the the player from New Mexico State shoots and kills one of the other one of these students. He gets shot himself. A couple other players are involved in this. The, the coaching staff, it seems like, tries to cover this up at first. So that didn't end their season, though. They kept playing. Uh, they were playing terrible. And then a couple months later, the team gets rocked by a hazing scandal that includes charges of false imprisonment, harassment, and criminal sexual contact. Uh, three of the players get arrested. The other player that is accusing them obviously leaves. The coaching staff gets fired, and they shut down the entire program in the middle of last year. And now they're still looking to bounce back from that. Of course, they did almost beat us in their first year back. But I think we can all agree, as bad as Kenny Payne has been here, 
what has has taken place at Louisville does not it should not be compared to sexual assault, murder, you know, false imprisonment, harassment, all, all the stuff that took place in New Mexico. Like, like, that's a worse hire to have that happen in your first three months on the job, right? Yeah. I mean, come on, Goodman. Like, let, let's not say that just because Kenny Payne is a bad coach, he's 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 worse than a guy who quite literally couldn't keep a player from from murdering somebody in the first month and a half on the job. Well, I mean, and aside from all the just weird, like, Karan Davis situations and stuff, there really hasn't been anything off the court, right? No. I, mean, I, mean, I can't I mean, think of anything. And I know that we're – the bar is insanely low when you start talking about, like, hey, we haven't had any scandal. Like, yeah. you know, fingers crossed. Like, you know, we've had 600 however many days without a scandal. Like, but that's kind of where we've been. And – to not have anything like you're right, the Karan Davis thing I think was was handled bizarrely. It, it it certainly did not instill faith in the fan base in the direction of the program. But besides that, it's just been kind of like weird stuff, like you know, the, like the tight story and just awkward press conference stuff that I think you can chalk up to Kenny Payne just not really knowing how to properly communicate when he's in this position. But there hasn't been you know, there have been no accusations of wrongdoing. There's been no, I you know, stories about. Something happened. Well, I guess there's the one story about the rumor about Davis and, and Payne getting into it, which I still don't think that that's that, that that's what happened. Um, I mean, he's lasted through a whole season, so that alone makes him better than the other guy. I think so too. I, I, I think that you heck, he's probably going to make it through too. If you're Goodman, though, I get why you do this. Like Louisville fans are far more likely to click on the story yeah. than New Mexico State fans. And, sure, you know, Kentucky fans are, are far more likely to click on it too if they think Payne's going to be number one. He's got uh, the the other like most of the top five are. Actually, all the rest of the top five are just purely like bad wins and losses coaches. Kim Anderson at Missouri, who was a terrible hire, was number three. I actually wrote a story when I was doing college basketball stuff about how I thought that hire kind of made sense for them, and it was worth <laughs> a shot. And it turned out not to, not, not to be true. <laughs> and they're not all gems. For Billy Gillespie at Texas Tech, um, which is he does not go with the Kentucky route. I, I think he may be on this list again. I haven't scrolled. Oh yeah, the he's probably way. he's got to be. The I think he's the guy timer. that he said he was yeah. on twice. Jeff Bezelik from from Wake Forest, who was very bad over four seasons, is at number five. Kevin Songs at Pitt, who we mentioned yesterday, is <laughs> six. Eddie Jordan at Rutgers is seven. Y King Jones at Cal, who I'm surprised is not higher. They were awful while he was there. Love you, Y King, but it was bad. He's number eight. Patrick Ewing at Georgetown is nine. Matt Doherty at North Carolina rounds out the top ten. Um, yeah, Gillespie at Kentucky checks in at number twelve. Don, Donnie Tyndall at Tennessee, that was more of a scandal thing, more of a fraud thing. What made Gillespie's hire at Texas A&M worse than Kentucky? Well, Texas Tech. Or Texas Tech, sorry, yeah. I think it would be the fact that it took place after the run at Kentucky. So he only he only coached one season at Texas Tech. They hired him to, to replace Pat Knight after he'd fallen flat at Kentucky, and not only do they go one in seventeen in the Big Twelve, like there were allegations of of player abuse and staff mistreatment and all this stuff, and it you know the, the, it was very much a like fall from grace, and you know, it, like I think that's when he ended up having to go to rehab and just kind of reconstruct himself. And so the, I mean, if we heard rumors about what Gillespie was doing in Lexington as just you know common folk here, you have to assume that Texas Tech knew that there was stuff going on at, at UK that was beyond just him not winning enough basketball games, and they still hired him anyway at a power conference program, and it went it went, went horribly. 8-23 and 23 overall, 1-17 in the, in the Big 12. Bunch of players complaining about the way that they were treated. Bunch of reports about alcoholism, and uh, he resigned after that one year. So I can see how that would be worse. Because at UK, you at least could, 
there were reasons to believe that he could have success there. He was coming off a successful stint at Texas A&M, and it, it just it, it didn't work. did not work. He was a bad fit. A lot of people back in the day would have said Kelvin Sampson in Indiana, but I think that they people have kind of rethought that after how well he's done at Houston. Can we not bring that up ever again? He Be also great. kind of got screwed. Yeah, it was that. Tom Crean does make the list at number 20 would, for the, the Georgia hire. You think Kelvin Sampson would still be at Indiana? Because, I mean, he's been in Houston for what? Since 2010? A long 11? time now. Yeah. I, I mean, it's hard to say. Like, it wasn't off to a great start before that stuff at IU, was it? Like, oh, yeah. No, heck yeah, it was. Was it really? Oh, I thought that was a team that had a shot to win the championship. Yeah, we had Eric Gordon. Remember Eric Gordon? Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah, it, yeah, it was no, the was big a, thing with Illinois. But, like, I thought he was kind team. of like underachieving a little bit. No, no. He was, they were rolling. They were rolling. Uh, they were you're right before he got like a 22 and 4 yeah the year before they'd won one game in the NCAA tournament so that was uh that was not a bad year i really sure. do I, I fully believe indiana would win the championship that year what did they end up doing because they fell apart after that oh right? they lo- i think they lost in the first round they yeah. no they completely they fell did. apart yeah they, they, they had a bunch of off the court stuff go on after that and yeah it wasn't good so they were 22 and 4 when i guess he like let go in february they had just beaten purdue in the rivalry game, come on by by nine. They ended up. They actually only ended up losing. They lost uh, two of their last six games after he got fired, and then they did get upset. I actually remember they got upset in the first round of the Big Ten tournament by. It was, I think it was was Tubby Smith's first year at Minnesota. Remember they had like a half court, mm. uh, like length yeah. of the court throw, and yep. the dude caught it and turned around and scored. And so that was a big upset. And then they lost as an eight seed in the first round of the tournament to Arkansas by fourteen. I'm yep. surprised they were that. I guess the Big Ten was, was down that year because they, they still were. Wow, thanks, Mike. Well, I mean, they, they were. <laughs> oh, Indiana had some success. Big Ten must have well, been down. I mean, I'm saying they were an eight seed <laughs> in the tournament. They were a pretty gaudy oh, yeah. record, 25 and eight record, uh, 25 and seven record going into the tournament, and still like only an eight seed. I'm guessing that they just didn't have a great resume. Well, I think it's probably the way the season ended too. Yeah, they, I mean, it was all falling apart. I'm looking at their schedule. They they played only like one ranked team before the the Big Ten. It was Southern Illinois. Kentucky was terrible. They they beat them, but Kentucky was not good. Like their non conference schedule wasn't very good. So there's that. But your point stands. They were they were definitely they were cruising a little bit. Mm-hmm. I remember Gordon being good, but I just thought he wasn't I, I thought he was going to be God. And he had ended up having like a hand injury, I think. That also kind of derailed their season if he I'm was, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, he did have some sort of injury like that. No, I, I mean I remember he playing was, with a bandage. It, that was that's why I don't really wasn't really crazy about Romeo because when he came in I kind of expected him to be Eric Gordon and he was just nothing near what Eric Gordon was. I just remember the story about like like the Illinois Indiana beef and how mm-hmm. bad it was and going back and forth. And I remember there was a highlight video of him. This is when I like just started writing about like college basketball stuff. There was a highlight video of him that was set to Norman Greenbaum's Spirit of the Sky. You know, you know <laughs> going off to the Spirit. And like I watched like five times because it was he looked so good. And I was like, my God, this kid's gonna be unreal. And he was good. He was very good. Mm-hmm. But I do think the injury kind of derailed. The, you know, they they might have been okay. I mean, he's still in the NBA, so he he's doing very something right. Very good player for sure. But this list, I, I mean, it wasn't, you have Jerome Mallon from Penn, who's on there. Sydney Lowe at NC State is bad. Like, like these are all these are all Orlando Antigua, another Cal assistant at USF, uh, who's number nineteen. It was a terrible hire. It, it's still shocking to see a Louisville name at the top of a list like this because these are all people that I'm familiar with. All people that when when they were hired. Again, like there were some exceptions, you know, Kim Anderson. I was like, yeah, they, they might be able to work. But for most of these, I'm like, what, what, what was this, what's the school doing? Like, why King Jones again? 
Very nice guy from when I interacted with him at Louisville. When Cal hired him, I think everybody was kind of like, that's probably not going to go well. Like, 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 what are they doing? Eddie Jordan at Rutgers seemed weird. Kevin Stallings at Pitt. He was about to get fired at Vandy. What are you doing? And then you look at the, the name at the very top of the list, and it's ours. And we're a program that I, I think prided itself on the fact that for over a half century, we had two coaches, and they both were Hall of Fame guys, but both guys who won national titles. And it's like this is a program that – we don't have bad head coaches. We, we don't do this. And you know, we thought that Chris Mack it was going to be a, a seamless transition from you know, two Hall of Fame coaches to a guy who seemed like the next big thing in the coaching world. And then it just it, it fell apart. And then not only do you miss on the next hire, but you miss so badly that people are saying this is the, the, quite literally the worst hire uh, of this entire century so far, which is, you know, if you want to say Goodman's just going for shock value and trying to, you know, he's, he's trolling for clicks or whatever, you, you can think that. But it's certainly, like, it's not hard to make a case that as of right now, unless something crazy happens at the end of this year or next year or you know, three years from now, it kind of belongs up there. It's it's bad. There's no way around it. It's bad. You just got to get to 2050, and then they'll do another article, and maybe Louisville <sighs> will be off that. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. Maybe. I mean, this is gonna be. I, I do kind of wonder: is this something that we look back at twenty five years from now, and Kenny Payne is still on these types of lists? Is he still viewed in the same light? Because you know, sometimes we kind of we move on from things, we sort of forget about things. But this is probably not going to be one that we we forget about. Well, I don't know. What are you going to do? I, I saw we got a couple minutes to kill here. I, I did see. Were you a big EA Sports college football guy growing up? Uh, not big, but I played them. I was huge. I was I was more a Madden guy myself. Really? Yeah. Like, I I only got video games, I felt like, for my birthday or for Christmas. And so the football games typically came out, like, a little bit after my birthday, I want to say. So I I always waited until Christmas. I would get Madden, usually, but I would definitely get EA Sports College Football, and then I would just play it for, like, three months straight. Like, that that was my game. It was the last game that I ever played, too. I gave up video games when I, like, like, like 2008. I feel like I was done. But EA Sports College Football was my game. And it's famously been off the market since 2014. And they've been teasing a comeback for a long time now. Yeah. And it, it seems like the day keeps getting moved back. They keep moving the goalposts on this, uh, no pun intended. Today, they they announced, again, the latest official release. We'll see it if we believe it. There's a date now when the game's going to come back. It's July 12th. Hmm. So all you gamers out there, everyone who's excited, I'd be excited too. But, man. Now, will, are, will they have player names? Did they work out that nil deal? I don't know. It's honestly a good question. I've, I've followed, I followed, you know, the only things that I see are people like clamoring for the game to come back and all this stuff, but I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know if the the, the graphics going to be way, way better. It's going to be kind of a, another version of the 2014 game, sort of like Madden, where it's the same basic thing and just a few things here and there are improved. And I've got no idea if they'll have player names, if that's if that's part of the equation. See, that, that was one of those things that never really bothered me when I played that game. Because they always had the numbers right, you so, always knew who. So you could always, were. yeah, exactly. Like, okay, that's Randall L or whatever. I, I know exactly who that is. I mean, we used to you know, talk about kids these days and what we have to go through. Like, oh, if you, sorry, you don't have the names. We used to take our memory cards and send them to a random guy across the country and give them like twenty five bucks to, to 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 upload the rosters onto. Like, I did that multiple times growing did you really? up. Oh yeah, like you know, my buddies would. Because I didn't know it was a thing until high school, and I had a couple friends who were, were more into video games than I was, and they're like, if you just send it to this address and give him like 50 bucks, he'll send it back a week later, and you'll have all the all the names will be right and all this stuff. And I was like, hell yeah, let's, let's do it. That's that, pretty sweet. That's what we went through. All right, that's the end of hour number one. Hour number two is on the way next. We want to hear from you guys on the Thornton's text line. Your thoughts on anything going on today, hit us up at 
1450, it's the Mike Rutherford Show, here with Scooter Dingus on a Tuesday afternoon on 1450 The Big X. Up in here, up in here, y'all gonna make me go all out. Up in here, up in here, y'all gonna make me act a fool. Up in here, up in here, y'all gonna make me lose my cool. Up in here, up in here, one, two, meet me outside. Four o'clock hour here, the Mike Rutherford Show. 1450 the Big X. Talk a little hoops. Talk a little whatever. Your show. We want to hear from you now. 14 uh, 1450 is the Thornton's text line. 502-414-1450. Your minor Thornton's. The best deals all new year long. If you want to take advantage, download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today. Become a Refreshing Rewards program member. It'll save you money every time you have to fuel up or every time you want a tasty treat from inside one of this area's 82,343 area Thornton's locations. There's that many of them for a reason. They know what they're doing. They're the best. Let me say, before we get to the text line, it would be disingenuous of me not to at least acknowledge the fact that a lot of these texts are asking where Trevor's been and where Trevor is. And all I can say is I can't say anything. I I, I love Trevor. I can't say anymore. Um, happy to have. I, I do like the fact though, and you'll like this, Scoots. Most people are like still love Scoots. You know that they're asking where TK is, but but we love Scoots, right? Yeah. It's still it's still a, Scootator is a little bit silent. We'll see if he texted in today. But most people are like we love Scoots. Scoots isn't the OG. Scoots is not. He's not the OG. It, yeah. It's different. But you're still you are respected and loved. I want you to know that. No, I I know that. So. There you go. We had to put that out there. At some point, hopefully, we will be able to to say more. But would be remiss. We're the most honest show in the, in, in Louisville. We're always out there. It's your show. We communicate with you. We love you. And I'm not going to sit here and act like uh, you know, like 75% of these text messages aren't all saying the same thing. 502-414-1450. Thornton's text line. Texas says Jalen Hurts is a fraud and the Eagles paid him more than Lamar. One of the things that has come up that I have loved is the – the, the 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 reminder now that all these teams in the offseason had an opportunity to sign Lamar Jackson with all these crap quarterbacks that they had, and they all were like, now we're good. And Lamar goes out there and is putting up just absurd numbers, probably about to win his second MVP trophy, and took the Ravens to the number one seed in the AFC. It is crazy too to think. I saw somebody say this uh, last night. It may have been like, it may have been a random account. It may have been some national radio guy. But if you were looking at what quarterback you want to to lead your franchise over the next five years, right now, right in this moment, and you were you had two choices: Jalen Hurts or Jordan Love. I think most people would probably go with Jordan Love right now, just because the age, the well, the age and, and the way that they're playing right now. But even a month and a half ago. If you'd ask somebody, even with Jalen Hurts being older than Jordan Love, you would have said somebody was insane if they would have taken Jordan Love over Jalen Hurts. Like he was, he was the early favorite for MVP after the first six weeks of the season, and 
Jordan Love was you know, like, hey, the Packers finally missed on their, their franchise quarterback. They're going to have to get somebody else in for next year. This guy's absolute trash. And he's been terrific over the last few weeks. And Jalen Hurts has, you know, maybe the injury played a part, but he's was not very good. Wow. Yes. What if I told you they're the exact same age? Are they really? They're both 25. That is, God, I'm surprised. That, that changes the whole answer. I'm going with Jalen Hurts. You, you, oh, you're going with Hurts over Love? Absolutely. Yeah. Even right now, yep. the, the way that the two are playing. Yep. Okay. All Call right. me crazy, but. Jordan Love's looked really, really good. He has. I, I'm not gonna, I'm not trying to deny that. He has looked really good, but I, I don't know. I just I feel like we've seen more of what Jalen Hurts can do, and I just like that style of play more. Does that make sense? I mean, Jordan Love doesn't really run all that often, does he? Does he use his he legs like Hurts does? He, he can, not, not as much as Jalen Hurts. Right, okay. But he's been – I mean, he's looked really, really good mm-hmm. the last several weeks. It, it kind of started with that Thanksgiving performance against Detroit where I was like, this guy – has looked like, you know, you know, like like Scoots back there, and all of a sudden he's looking like Patrick Mahomes against us. I blamed it on the waxing gibbous moon, and it turns <laughs> out that he was just starting to to get really good. And he's been fantastic ever since then. So, yeah, I mean, the NFL happens fast. Like like you know, you think that guy. I mean, Baker Mayfield, another perfect example. Like this guy was toast. He was, you know, big time bust. He's done. He's untouchable. And now he looks like he's he maybe is a guy who can play this position for several more years in, in the NFL. So. The narrative can shift quickly. Texture says, uh, I'm not sure if you read about it, but Memphis State has their own Karan Davis situation with Jordan Brown. Nobody knows if he's still on the team or not. Maybe this is an epidemic that only applies to coaches who played at the school that they're not coaching for. I, I don't know, but I, I've not seen the Jordan Brown situation at Memphis. But coaches would be like, like coaches. It's not like there's anything in your contract that says you have to be transparent and have an open line of communication with the fan base. I, I think it's just in their best interest. Like the Karan Davis situation, I can't speak for the Jordan Brown situation because I'm I, I don't know enough about it. I don't, just found out about it five seconds ago. The Karan Davis situation at Louisville could have been handled so much better. Could have been like they made their own bed, and they did it at a time when they could not afford to have any sort of ill will between them and the fan base because of the on court results. And if you just gone to the kid when you had the issue and said, like, you can stay in school, you can use the workout facilities, basically everything they did, they did but we've got to kick you off the team. Like, we, we have to put out a release saying you've been dismissed for lack of whatever. It would have been so much better than what ended up happening because what resulted was a ton of speculation a ton of rumors and innuendo, and it was unfair to everybody involved. And then you have the embarrassment of when you finally do make a statement, you say he's he came to us and he wanted to transfer, and then he's very publicly and quickly says, I, that didn't happen. I, I don't want to go anywhere. And then you have to put up the statement immediately after, like, whoops, we kind of lied to you. He's actually been kicked off the team, and, and that's it. And it just kind of, when you have a head coach who's done so little well on the court and you're only – means to have faith in what he's going to do moving forward is just to be like, I, I think he can be good. Uh, we don't know what's happening behind closed doors. And then you have this story come out. It just kind of, it points you back in the direction that maybe he doesn't know what he's doing. And that was, it was, it was a tough look. Does Karan Davis play somewhere else in the future? I, <laughs> Scoots, this is, it'll be chapter 89 of our investigative Karan <laughs> podcast, which I can't wait for. But I, I, I don't know, man. It, it's, I would think so. You've got former NBA guys or guys who played professionally, and Peyton Siva and Haji Muhammad, who are talking about you know they're working out with him. They think he can really play. If you're good enough to at least 
you know, like get on the floor at Louisville, which it sounds like he maybe was if he had stayed out of trouble. I assume you can play somewhere in Division One. He certainly put up good numbers at the junior college level. He's got a couple years of eligibility left. If you know, it sounds like he wants to stay at U of L. Like he loves. Like maybe Karan Davis is just banking on. Kenny Payne's going to get fired. I'm going to stay in school. I'm going to keep working out here. And whoever gets the job next, maybe he brings me back and keeps mm-hmm. me on. Because I, I don't know why you would still be here at this point. Yeah, it doesn't seem like he wants to leave. Or maybe he just doesn't have an options. I mean, that's true. You know, we, we talked about it on the show. Like, he got no other Division One scholarship offers. There's, you know, maybe he just doesn't have anywhere else to go. But you'd think you could find at least, you know, a lower level school that would take you on. I don't, I don't know. It's kind of wild. Texas says this is uh, tangentially connected to Louisville sports, so I'll just say this is my favorite interaction about the Eagles game last night, and it's a link to a Twitter. Uh, oh, the did you see the the Robert Griffin the third and Jay Gruden back and forth? No. Yeah, it was. So Jay Gruden posted something about Jalen Hurts was getting beat up last night. I think they had said he had like two seconds to throw it was the average amount of time between drop back and and when he was pressured. And so Jay Gruden, who, you know, it's relevant because he's his Louisville ties, he, he tweeted, if I ever put a quarterback through what Philly is putting Jalen through, I apologize, pick up a blitz. And Robert Griffin III responded with, say what? And a picture of him, like, staring at the camera. Pulling his glasses down. To which Jay Gruden said, you weren't prepared, Robert. <laughs> and Robert Griffin III, I'm trying to find the tweet, he ended up responding and saying, like, you know, you told me that you didn't know how to coach a player like me, so it sounds like you weren't actually prepared, Jay. And, and like that was the whole. And we're like, oh, and so it was a whole thing last night. That was a, uh, <laughs> you know, th- that was a wild back and forth in the middle of that playoff game. I was like, oh, what's going on here? RG three and Jay Gruden going at. Didn't have it on my bingo card, but I'm willing to to sit back and watch the show. That was play. in the middle of the game. I think it was towards the end, but it was okay. the, the game was it either just ended or it was it was towards the end. But it was it was definitely where at a point where either the game was over or it was virtually over yeah. and i was looking for something else to follow and i was like oh this is this is entertaining let's make it happen that's great i did like that in both tweets rg3 posted like a picture of himself it's like like staring being like what god he has four daughters sheesh who rg3 does that's, that's a rough life well so does matt stafford you saw his which i saw his, his wife who always tries to make herself the story she she posted this thing about how like on her instagram like wishing the best for the Lions, you know, it's, it was a great time, except for the fans who booed my daughters. And I was like, come on, you know, if you're walking on the field with 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 Matt, I'm sure that people are booing Stafford and not his you know, six year old daughters. Did you see the uh, stuff with San Fran's, uh, I guess, fullback Kyle? Say it for me. Oh yeah, the, the guy whose wife is making all the, the made big, the, the Taylor big Swift jacket. She, yeah. made, she made Taylor Lautner and uh, Aiden Hutchinson. Jacket just like that for the Lions game, aka uh, Team Jacob from Twilight. Yeah, I thought I thought that was funny. <laughs> Taking a on their off week, just still making it about the 49ers somehow. It was, I mean, it but was, he was supporting her, and the way he was supporting her was really cool. Yeah, it was a he's, a he's a cool wife guy move, right? Yeah. Like he's on every single post about Taylor Swift's uh, whatever the, the jacket she was wearing for the playoff game. That the kind of the you know, she's everywhere. The Kyle Usick, he, he was he was posting under every single post like made by Kristen Usick, like made by designed by Kristen Usick, which is a cool thing to do. And she ended up gaining a, a ton of followers and getting a lot of attention for it. Usick, so, Usick, 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 something like that. I'll roll with that. That Yuzik. sounds good. He's good. He's he's a good fullback. 
Um, He's one of, what, four in the league now? Yes, it's it's true. Nobody has fullbacks anymore. (laughs) It's a fair point. Uh, Texas, I heard that Vince Marrow, the big dog, is in the running for being the next mayor of New Albany. (laughs) (laughs) Better give him a raise. Did we, I love that we finally edited that spot with the mayor of New Albany, who is like, it's going to be a great football season. And now it's like, it's going to be a great season. And, and then I think they ended up having to edit it again. So it took out the name of the basketball coach because he left like two years ago. So it's just, I'm like, can we not just get this guy to record a different spot? Like, just, just have him send the audio in himself. It's better than hiring a coach and he leaves before the season even starts. It is. That's what New Albany had happened to them, too. Uh, I mean, the, the, the best part about the, the, which I didn't realize as it was going on, the entire fall with the guys like it's football season the best football team in the, in the city and Rose New Albany was like one, they were horrible. one and eight this horrible. year or something yeah. it was like they, they were had, not good at all having like the worst year that they've ever had it was painful to watch big x curse is going on uh Scoots Hater did chime in and said uh suck it Scoots kills better <laughs> suck it Scoots Hater Texture says um God, I have to scroll through all these uh Texas it's a gloomy and sad Tuesday Mike can we have an, an am I the a-hole segment that's a good idea. We could do that. We can make that happen. We haven't done that in a while. The last time well, yeah, we did it, I think, yeah. was when you were on like a, like a month and a half ago, mm-hmm. I feel like. Texas says, Louisville private schools in one word, wait list. My five-year-old is on three different wait lists for kindergartens. Fun times. I mean, that's that's the other thing that's crazy about this now is, I mean, we are running the risk of, of doing that because like the, the kids that get first acceptance are the kids that also do preschool at these you know, the, these these private schools. When I was growing up, it was very much like I did all of my my preschool and kindergarten at the school where my mom worked, which is where my kids go now. And then like you started at your elementary school or your your Catholic grade school at first grade, and that was what kind of what everybody did. And now like everybody does kindergarten at the school where they do first through eighth grade, and like it's just kind of like first come first serve. So it's it's tough. It's it's rough out there, Scoots. You don't realize how you know, how much of a, a jungle it is. I mean, I really don't because I grew up in a place where. If that's where you're from, you go to a certain school. There's there's no options. Well, that I mean, my, you don't you don't look around. That's just where you go. That's my wife too. I mean, she's from Springfield, Kentucky. You know, there was a, you know, there's a couple of grade schools, and there's one high school, and that's that's it. Like that's where you go. It's what you do. There's yeah. not a whole lot of options out there. And you know, it was so. I mean, it was different when I was growing up here too. But I, you know, things change. I don't know if you've ever heard that. Texture says, uh, Mike talking about finishing runner up just talked the Lions into losing the Super Bowl into existence. Probably. <laughs> I mean, look, I've never – my brain can't wrap itself around the idea of the Lions playing in the Super Bowl. If the Lions lost in the Super Bowl, I'd be heartbroken, but it also would be like the greatest thing that's ever happened to me as a Lions fan. So, And especially if it happened to Lamar. I wouldn't be okay with it, but it would be – it'd be acceptable. It'd be, it'd, it'd be fine. Texture says, I got a D in eighth grade English and in some trouble at Camera, so my dad made me go to Trinity and prove it before I could go to Ballard. Very much a Danny and his dad type moment. Uh, that's a, that's actually hilarious. Uh, I love that you had to earn your way to go to Ballard. That's awesome. I had some bad grades in like my eighth grade year. Like, once, shouldn't that be backwards? I mean, it, you said it. I didn't say it. I didn't want to come off as the yeah, he went to Trinity, hoity toity. Um, but no, I, I like that. I mean, from what I know about Louisville schools, I feel like that scenario should be backwards. Hey, he should have made you go to Ballard to prove it. Look, I have very good friends who went to Ballard. I've got very good friends who went to to Mail. Um, very good friends who went to all sorts of uh, of public schools, and most of us all ended up in the same place. You can get to wherever you want from any school here. That's true. It's 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 totally true. So if you want to go to Ballard, and you had to earn your way there. That's totally fine. A D in eighth grade English, though. 
<laughs> I do remember, like, once I got into, because you took the placement test to get into Trinity and, and Santa X or you know, where they placed you, and I, like, did well on the placement test, and so I knew I was going to be in, like, the, the the upper track at Trinity, and, like, at, at that point, I just, like, quit. Like, in eighth, I was like, I was done with eighth grade, and like, I think they had to have, like, a heart-to-heart with me where they're like, you, like, you will get held back if you just fail everything. If you, if you don't turn, like, you have to turn in some stuff and try a little bit if you want to graduate this school. And I was like, all right, I'll do that. Again. Hormones. It's a weird time. <laughs> TJ texted in. TJ. He said, your journalism dilemma is almost the literal premise of a Boy Meets World episode, but Corey snitches on the janitor leaving work early to get to the to, to go to, to bet the point, and the janitor gets fired just days before his retirement. That is an episode. <laughs> it absolutely is an episode, and because he has the conversation with George with, with Mr. Feeney, where he's like, he's so proud of himself. Like, I, I great journalism. I caught the janitor leaving leaving school early, and, and like George Feeney's like, well. That's unfortunate because now I've got the unfortunate duty of going and firing Mr. whatever his name is, Mr. Jerry. And then he does, and Corey's like, oh, my God. But the, he, gets, he gets rehired at the end of the episode, if I'm remembering correctly. That is a classic episode, though. I, didn't, I never put two and two together and realized I was living my very own Boy Meets World episode. <laughs> Too bad Topanga, Topanga wasn't there. I was a big Boy Meets World guy growing up. Loved it was Boy Meets okay. World. Yeah. What? Just okay? Yeah. I was more of a Full House guy. I, I enjoyed Full House, but I was more Boy Meets World. Topanga or Kelly Kapowski? Uh, Topanga. Wow. I mean, there's no wrong choice, but you kind of chose wrong. I mean, that would have been my answer then. Yeah, that's probably still my answer. No, yeah, you're wrong. It's, <laughs> it's the wrong one. It's still good, but it's it's the wrong one. Um, Scootator. Uh, no, that's not, not Scootator. Texture says, uh, Mike, Holy Trinity, get Miss Powers for kindergarten. She's a huge U of L fan. Well, that helps. See, again, the the recruitment never stops here, Scoots. <laughs> it is what it is. Texas says, I'm not a Scoots hater, but yeah, Trevor's been out. I uh, just wanted to make sure someone knows he's okay. Texas says, feel free. Uh, can't, can't read that. Texas the Indiana and Purdue talk is adorable, but can we get serious and talk about what's, every, what's on everyone's mind? Jed Fish to Washington. <clears throat> Jed is 16-21 and 21 in three seasons. Were Washington fans good with this hire? I love that Jed Fish, who started as a running joke on the show, has now gotten the Washington job. Um can't look. I don't. I don't have an accurate gauge on the Washington fan base. Uh, my, my my handle on the pulse of the UW fan base is, is limited. I don't know if they're ha- happy with it. It seems like a good hire, though. I know the sixteen and twenty one record is one thing, but he went from like two and ten to like seven and six, and then this year they won what eleven games and, and you know one one up New Year's Six bowl game. Like he did a hell of a job. So, um, I can see why they're they're good with that. I, I do love the fact that. Were they good with it? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I would be. We're, I mean, we obviously don't live in that part of the country, but I can't imagine they would. They were going crazy. Like, heck yeah, woohoo. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, I'm sure they were pissed off to lose you know, Kalen DeBoer, mm-hmm. but, I mean, could you do that much better? I mean, it's not like you're going to go pick off. You're not going to get Jim Harbaugh to come from Michigan. I, I feel like having a guy who just crushed it at Arizona is as solid a hire as you can make. But, again. By the way, Bama – I heard this on the Hoosier Report today. They've got like four guys. I know the 2019 Indiana coaches, team. Yeah, from the 2019 team. It's wild. That's I, nuts. I, I was about, I was literally about to ask you about that. Like that is you. Know, does it make you feel like you should have accomplished more? I mean, during, it, during that run, it makes me wish Indiana was a bigger pro, bigger and better program, so those guys would have maybe stayed. But that's yeah. never going to happen. Yeah. Texas says, uh, Mike, you most certainly do have a rooting interest tonight. Silver Creek alumni Trey Kaufman-Wren is a Purdue Boilermaker. That's true. 
I'm a, you know, I'm a Silver Creek guy. I do know that, yeah. That's my Southern Indiana school. You know, that one, that kid, Trey Kaufman, Wren, is, and I've called a lot of high school basketball in and around this area. He is my favorite player that I ever got to cover. And when he chose Purdue, it broke my heart. Mm. Broke my heart. Was he a highly touted? Like, like oh yeah, no, he was a he was a beast. Yeah, he's he's like six eight, six nine, somewhere in that range. He was a monster in high school. Yeah, he was good. Mm. Well, I kind of have to go for Purdue now. Sorry. I I hope they lose, but I hope he goes crazy. <laughs> How about that? Can we root for him, but root against Purdue? Sure. Okay, I'll go with that. Texas Mike, last night was a night of euphoria. Ooh. I got to attend the Catholic Sports Hall of Fame ceremony. The prodigal son himself, Jeff Brown, was in attendance to give a speech. I had the honor to get a picture with him and shake his hand. In the words of George Costanza, I think it moved. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I did see that he, I guess he gave a speech for the induction of Kent Taylor. Why does Kent Taylor get inducted in the Catholic Sports Hall of Fame? <laughs> what's, what's, what's KT done that Scooter Dingus hasn't done? I love you, KT. Uh, but yeah, I, I saw that Jeff was there. I saw that he gave a speech. There were some other people who got in, inducted last night. But it was it was cool seeing all the broadcasters there to support Kent Taylor. Ken Spencer was there. Fred Calgill was there. Um, uh, Kendrick Haskins, all those guys. Which what which of the Kents do we like more on this show? Uh, we like them both. Yeah, a lot. Correct. Yeah, I think we've had both have been on the show. Kent Spencer's been on more. He came because we used to do when we first started. We would do like a Friday high school segment with Kent, uh, where I famously was like he's got to go get in his helicopter and fly around for Friday night flights and then he was like we don't have a helicopter we're the, we're the only station, local station that doesn't do the helicopter thing uh, and then it became a running joke uh, but I, I enjoy both the Kents are great I think Kent Taylor is the funniest local sports guy like behind closed doors like mm-hmm. he's, just, he's very very sarcastic Kent Spencer and I have a lot in common we're, we're kind of on the same wavelength uh, but, but they're both great I always get them confused you're not alone uh, Connie Leonard on you know Connie is is married to uh, to, to Kent Taylor, and she recently, I believe, on a broadcast called uh, Kent Spencer, Kent Taylor, <laughs> which was very funny. Texas, I played a I play a modded version of NCAA Football 14 on the PC. It has updated rosters, logos, ESPN graphics, and even a playoff mode. Definitely made the game fresh for me while I wait for the new one to drop this summer. I, I feel like I saw a lot of people doing that. Like during the pandemic, a lot of people were picking it up and mm-hmm. making that like you know, their thing. So. Yeah, I broke out my uh, Super Nintendo during the pandemic. Did or no, you? no, it was my PS2. I got my Super Nintendo two years later. I, I feel like because we, we talked about video games on the show a few times, and like again, like the last video game I ever bought was the NCAA Football 08 with Boise State's Jared Zabransky on the cover, and I just kind of gave it up. And it's not like I like like I think I could be big into video games if I were like a single guy. If my wife ever wised up and divorced me. <laughs> I think I could get big into video games. I, I could get lost in that world, and thankfully, I you know, it, it's just it's a, it's time suck, and I just I don't have a whole lot of time to, to devote to it. But it, there was a, a time period when I was living with my buddy before I got married. Like I played FIFA with, with him a lot, and FIFA was a hell of a lot of fun. Like I, I could have mm-hmm. devoted hours of my life to playing that game if I wanted to, but I haven't done it. Texas said, I've got to, I've kept up with the new EA college football game a lot. It will be a completely new game. Not just a college football version of Madden. Their plan for the player names is to create an opt-in system to where players can opt in to be in the game and receive a $500 payment. That's a good idea. Which a lot of people were saying that amounts too low. Suck it. You're in a video game. Yeah. Take your 500 and run. You get to play as yourself on a video game. How freaking cool is that? I mean, if you're like a low-level guy who's not going to see the field... 
you know, that cool. It's five hundred dollars for you, and and you also get the added bonus of being in a video game. And if you're like a a big name, you're Cam Ward at Miami, and you're like, well, I don't want the five hundred dollars is way too low. Like you're already making a ton of money in nil, so it's yeah. I feel like you can, yeah, just take the five hundred dollars and be fine. Like I, I think that that's okay. I think that's a, a solid system. And if you don't, if you feel like it's too low, then yeah, fine. They don't get to use your image. That's cool. I do remember um, the first, like, I, I remember there was a newspaper story the first time that Louisville was going to be featured in a video game. Because there, there were a couple of college football games that came out in, like, the early 90s. And you know, they, they could only have, like, they only had, like, three or four teams. And it was just, it was whatever. But Bill Walsh's college football, I don't know if anybody else remembers this, but it was such a big deal that they were going to have Louisville in it. That they wrote about in the Courier Journal, and like when I saw that, you know, because I, I was I was a, I was like probably nine, ten years old, eight or nine years old, and I was obsessed with like Madden, Super Tech Mobile, and Tech Mobile, and sports video. I think there was Coach K's college basketball was the only big college game out, but it didn't have Louisville, and, and like this was the biggest deal in the entire world, and I was so excited, and I, I bought it like the first day I could, and it was it was great, it was on it was unbelievable, and then I do remember when the first college basketball game came out that had Louisville, it had. Uh, Matt Sanders was starting at center over um, uh, Clifford Rozier. And I was like, that's hilarious. It, it was wrong, but he always has that to, to fall back on. One time he called the show because we mentioned it. I was like, I would have played with myself all the time. It sounds bad to say it like that. <laughs> Save that clip. But I would have just uh, I'd have been like, yeah, you know, come here. I'm going I'm to play. I'm going to play as myself. There you go. I really liked the college basketball games, but I I went back during the pandemic actually and played. I had the one with Kevin Durant on the cover. I think it was 08, and it was unplayable. Really? Unplay- like I, I couldn't get any enjoyment out of it because the movement was just so clunky. We played we, – we did my sophomore year of college, one of the fun, like more fun, like stupid things we did was we had the, guess the EA college basketball game, and we both took like – like, me and two of my roommates took like the crappiest ACC teams in, in the game, and like took them and played like a full season where it was like you know, you, like, if you're your turn to play, like, I'm going to class, like you have the next game, like you know, <laughs> whatever. And then we, you know, it was the, the games where we actually played each other were like must watch events. I, I think I was, I was Virginia because Virginia sucked then. One of my buddies was was Florida State and the other was Clemson, and it was like a, we played the whole season. It was so fun, and it, it came down to like you know. Who's gonna play in the NCAA tournament? They actually got paired in the same region, <laughs> and like I was on the other side of the bracket, so it was it was all shaping up to be this this national championship showdown. And then my buddy got shocked in the final four by, by, by like I don't even know by like Wake Forest or something, and so it ended up being so anticlimactic. And I went out there, I beat like Wake Forest by forty in the championship game, but that was it was a lot of fun. Like oh, that sounds great. The basketball game was great. I haven't played in forever, but we used to get so so worked up about it. Texas, says, don't forget, Mike Caron isn't in trouble. He's definitely not in trouble. And that's the important thing to remember. He's not in trouble. He's still part of the team. He's definitely not in trouble. Let's take a break. When we come back, 502-414-1450. More from you guys on the Thornton's text line. It's the Tuesday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1. The Big X. You got some bomb ass bomb. I know you got the bomb bomb. What you doing? I'm so glad you found my edited version. That was a rough start to the segment. <laughs> Let the party begin. Ah, 4:30. 
435 here on 1459 won The Big X. Uh, following up on a story that we talked about uh, at the end of the hour, I mentioned like I feel like they keep pushing back the date for this, this EA Sports college football game release, and there was a report today saying it's going to be July 12th. My guy Matt Brown, who I used to work for, who's, who covers everything kind of extracurricular in college sports, he says, uh, he just tweeted out, I just talked with two people at EA Sports who have direct knowledge and both said that we have not shared a direct date with anybody and would not confirm this date. July is what I've heard as the target, so this could be correct, but I haven't seen it in writing and EA won't confirm it. I'm just going to say this video game is never coming out. It's going to be – what was the – there was like a Kanye West album eight or nine years ago where he just kept being like, like tweeting out like this is going to be the greatest album of all time and, all, and, and it just like never happened. They, I think they went to the like the United Center in Chicago, and all these people filled it out where he was supposed to debut the album, and he just never came out, and then everybody just went home. I, that's going to be this game. I don't think it's ever actually going to come out. That's how I feel about Grand Theft Auto Six. Same it, same thing. I thought they just released a Grand Theft Auto. They released the like the first. What do they call that? Like the look in preview. I don't know. That's not the right word. I can't think of it. They just released that. I gave up non-sports games after um, I got Grand Theft Auto, like senior year of high school. The was, best best game franchise ever made. Vice City came out. I enjoyed it. Like we all, I feel like me and a bunch of buddies all got it for Christmas, and then I saw them like a week later. We had an intramural basketball game, and afterwards we we're all talking about it. And I was like, "Yeah, I can't get past this one part." And they're like, "You can't even get past that." Like I got past <laughs> like an hour into playing the game, and I was like, "Well, if I'm not good at this, then I'm just I'm not going to play anymore." So whenever I played, I pretty much just like drove around listening to the radio. Did you do like uh, stoppy bonuses and wheelie bonuses on bikes? That was always fun. I don't even remember. I just remember or like two wheel bonuses in cars. I just remember that I wasn't good at it. <laughs> a couple times in college, I tried to play Halo, and it was one of those where like all my friends were good at it, and I just like nobody taught me how to play. Like they wouldn't stop, and I'd be like, "How do, how do I?" And they would just get frustrated because I didn't know anything. <laughs> and I was like, "Well, this isn't fun if I don't even know the basic ways to play the game." I, I very much was like Jim in the office when they're all playing Call of Duty, and he's just. He's just like running into the wall and can't turn around. <laughs> Saboteur. Uh, that's how I felt all the time. But I would, again, like if I felt like I could get good at it, I feel like I would. I would enjoy playing those games. But I just nobody will help me. I'm a noob. <laughs> you you mentioned watching YouTube videos earlier. Maybe maybe you watch a YouTube video. Maybe I should. Maybe, yeah. maybe that would be it. I think <laughs> if I tried to buy like a, a PS4 or whatever, what's the new system? PS5. PS5 yeah. If I tried to do that now, I think Mary would just castrate me. She'd be like, "No, that's not that's not coming into our house." My hope is that. Because this is what my, one of my other friends, who was in the very same boat as I, as I am, like played video games growing up, had kids, didn't play video games, but now he's got like a kid who's who's like 13, 14, and they play video games all the time, and they just play together. And I was like, that's what I want. That's what, I, I need John to get to the age where he can play video games, and then I can just play with him. Man, video games when he gets old enough are gonna be awesome. Probably. I can't wait. Like, I'll, I'll, this whole we get virtual reality coming up. I feel like this is gonna be a, this is gonna be a great reentry for me into the video game world. I'm gonna be bad, but I'm gonna be excited to join. It's going to be fun. My buddy was talking about how his uh, his son, his son's going to high school next year. He's like really, really good at baseball. He was on that J-Town team that won the national title, or the world title, a couple of years ago. And he was talking about how, you know, it's you know, he's growing up so fast and he's just a few years away from from leaving from for college. And he was like, he's like, I think my dad's going to be really, really like, upset when I leave. <laughs> I don't, he's like, I don't know who's going to play video games with him. And I was like, oh, <laughs> so sweet. That's going to be me in a few years. I can't wait. Texture says uh, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's texture, uh, text line. Texture says, one of my favorite things is to hear how people become fans of NFL teams. Scoots told his, how did you become a Detroit fan from Louisville, Mike? I've told this before. It's 
it's not a very interesting story. It's the most basic. Like, if you had to guess why I'm a Lions fan, being the age that I am, I think you could come up with a story. I loved Barry Sanders, and like, I thought he was the coolest person alive. And I didn't have an NFL team. I kind of, I actually, I did like the Eagles when I was really little because my green was my favorite color, and I kind of just rooted for green teams. And then for a while, I liked the Phoenix Cardinals because I didn't know how to differentiate between like the Cardinals that played college sports and the Cardinals that were in the NFL. And then it like it was probably like. I was five or six years old. I was like, I'm a Lions fan. I love Barry Sanders. He's my guy. And I, I just, I'm a pathetically loyal person to a fault. And I, I couldn't leave. When I realized they sucked, it was too late. I was like, I'm all in. So I just, I've always been a Lions guy. When he left, you didn't think about changing? I didn't. Like, I, that's my team. Like, I, I'm not, I'm not going away from them. I mean, I got, when like, when the NFL started becoming a bigger thing, when we got to, you know, when you start kind of talking bleep more with your friends about your sports teams, like, junior high and high school it was when the lions were just like pathetically bad and i remember like like not even being a part of the conversations with my friends when they're talking like cowboys versus like the, i have a friend who's a raiders fan like the raiders and the vikings and all this stuff and i'm like yeah i've got a line i had a lions football that i always bring when we would play football and it was like a famous lions football and i just got made fun of it was, <laughs> it, was, it, was it was what it was but look i'm i'm loyal i'm true can't can't say i'm fair weather Texture says, uh, how confident are you from a scale of 99% to 100% that Mark Few has checked out at Gonzaga and already planning his move to the Ville? Look, there's a lot of similarities between Spokane, Washington and, and Louisville, Kentucky. I think We have fishing here too, Mark. You can go fish in the Ohio. We got lakes within driving distance. It's the same exact thing. We have nature. We have sorts of, we've been to the botanical gardens. It's beautiful. Good basketball. We build things. You can get international players to come here as well. Make it happen. Man, this texter, I scrolled up a little bit. He's the one that sent the bingo card for Louisville men's basketball. Oh. Wouldn't take very long to fill that out. I don't think I remember seeing this. Louisville men's basketball bingo card. Zan Payne enters game. That's that's most games. Turnovers uh, outnumber opponent by half. That's, not, that's, that's, that's tough to check off. Danny Manning shows any sort of emotion on the bench. That happens sometimes. Announcer defense KP, crossing that one off pretty early. Louisville first missed free throw. Do we always miss the first free throw? That hasn't stood out to me. Oh, I read that as market when they missed their first. Oh, okay. Well, they're definitely going to miss at least one. Defensive blow by, you're going to have that in the first couple possessions. KP starting to trend on X. Yeah, that, that <laughs> it's never for anything good. Two consecutive defensive stops. Well, it happens sometimes. And then a missed defensive assignment. All the defensive ones you're going to cross off every <laughs> single game in the first half, for sure. Uh, Danny Manning did talk to the media today. He was sent out uh, instead of Kenny Payne. That was planned. I, I, I caught the press conference. There wasn't anything really over the top that was said. Um, you, you know, He was asked about this, this grueling stretch ahead where Louisville will play North Carolina, Wake Forest, Duke, and, and Clemson. In consecutive games, and he, you know, he was kind of like, oh, "We're focusing on one game season, one game at a time. We don't, we don't look ahead." Talked a little bit about Jalen Withers. It was mostly, it wasn't anything unexpected. I'll say that it was a, which is what you want at this point as a Louisville fan. Like just, you know, just keep it simple. Keep it simple. Texas says, uh, "Speaking of crazy moments on X, Community Notes had a very eventful weekend. I saw this. I actually retweeted this." Uh, you know, you know, you've got. Well, I didn't see the the, the first one. I saw the second one. Are, are you familiar with the community notes thing on on Twitter? I don't guess so. No. So if there's something out there that's just like wildly incorrect information, readers can all get together and like edit it themselves. And so 
usually it's when something spreads like wildfire and it's like Hitler was actually, you know, born in Kentucky. And then people get together like that's not that's not true. And so you don't see something that's just blatantly false out there. And so there was a guy who over the weekend, you know, there, there were people who were outraged that they didn't play the the Bill Steelers game on Sunday who were like, yeah, you, these pansies these days, you know, they, they, they can't play in any weather when the reality is you I mean, you had what, 49 people died in a, in a blizzard in Buffalo last year. And you're trying to keep as many people off the roadways as possible so emergency vehicles can go help people if they're in need while, while this weather is so bad. And so they moved it, and it was it was the probably the, the safe thing to do. It, everything went well over the weekend. Everything went well yesterday. But this guy, uh, David Hookstead, says, did we cancel D-Day because of a little rough weather? No. Play the damn game. And readers did have to go and, and correct him and say that uh, D-Day was actually delayed. A day because of the weather. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it's an all-time correction. It was great. I had not seen the other one that, uh, I guess, Philip Lewis said, potentially the, oh, what, the, the FBI tweeted out, this MLK Day, the FBI honors one of the most prominent leaders of the civil rights movement and reaffirms its commitment to Dr. King's legacy of fairness and equal justice for all. And the community note is that the FBI engaged in surveillance of King, attempted to discredit him, and used manipulation tactics to influence him to stop organizing. Uh, it goes on to say King's family believes that the FBI, that blah, 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 blah. I can't get to the other parts. But those are two great community notes. Community notes are, are, are good. I enjoy them. So are those, like, heavily used? What do you mean? The, these community notes, do people use them a lot? It seems like it. I mean, only when you've got something floating around that's getting a ton of attention that is easily researchable and disproven that's when you get the community notes popping up Mm. it's great by the way i read today that buffalo does not have a heater under their field did have you seen that no yeah so kansas city has one and despite it being negative 30 or whatever it was for that game the on-field temperature the temperature of the field was 50 i didn't know teams had heaters on field yeah makes sense that's a it's a pretty common thing i guess in the nfl but buffalo does not have a heater under their field that seems like it seems like if one team should have one then they would be the top of the list that that field was i guess rock hard yesterday they are building a new stadium and that stadium will have a heater so that's good i I feel like because i mean heated sidewalks have become a big thing in the Mm -hmm. north um you would think that if that technology exists, that Buffalo would would implement it pretty quickly because they were doing the old school thing where it was like they're they're paying fans fifty bucks the night before to show up and help sno- shovel the field. Right. And look, the field looked great. Oh, field looked hot until everybody started launching snowballs. Yeah, the, the, I, I saw because Eric Wood, you know, he does some of the radio stuff for the the Bills, and he had some videos on Instagram yesterday where it's like he's down the field and it looks great, and then he goes up in the stands and you've got like two feet of snow in every single seat. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not sure you're going to get to your seat, but... Uh, the, well, they got the rid of seats, good. is what I heard. I mean, you it was you, just you like fir- had to. first come, first serve, because you couldn't see the seat number. That's nuts. And now they get another game next week. So, we'll see. Texas says, seems like Jerome Tang will be the guy. Many people are saying this. What scenario could you see where Kenny is retained? First of all, I'm not... I don't think there's any sort of certainty around Jerome Tang being hired. In fact, if there's any been any movement on one coach recently... Uh, when it comes to rumors and buzz, it's been somebody else. As far as what scenario could I see Kenny being retained? I mean, we talked about this a couple of times yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Eleven and four, probably and Monday. I mean, Monday and God, it's only yesterday Tuesday. was Monday. <laughs> it's only Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like it's been a long week here already. Uh, yeah, it's, it's been a long couple of weeks. Um, God, yeah. I mean, like that was my answer. Was yeah, I think it would take something almost miraculous 
for me to to say that he should be rehired. And Scoots asked what what's miraculous, and I was like, I think eleven and four is is pretty miraculous, or something better than that. But I can't answer that question effectively. I don't. I'm I'm not Josh Hurd, and I don't have Josh Hurd's ear. I don't know exactly what's what his thought process is, is going into this. Like I'm, I'm sure extenuating circumstances matter. I'm sure it's not just as I'm sure it's more nuanced than just hey, if he wins 16 games, we're keeping him. If he loses uh, more than however many games, we're firing him. But I don't have the answer there. Texture says, "I hate." <laughs> I don't think we can read that. Yeah, uh, probably not. Yeah, we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll skip that one. Texture says, uh, Mike, please tell me if Kenny wins a few games, Josh won't keep him free for year three. The February schedule is weaker, and there's a chance that Kenny grabs some wins. What's the win total where it makes it a hard choice? Again, I don't I, I, I don't know. I do see this being the writing, being like a very, very plausible scenario, and I said this after the, the, the win last week, where you can see Louisville Going into the stretch of games, you know, we play Carolina, Wake Forest, Duke, Virginia, and then Clemson. Those are the, you know, just most of them are, are, are the cream of the crop in the ACC right now. And you could lose all five of those, and you could lose a couple of those pretty handily. Again, Louisville's a 23-point underdog is the opening line against North Carolina tomorrow. But when you go to February, I mean, Florida State, I know they're they're playing better since they got into the ACC, still not a great team. Syracuse? You play them twice, they're not a great team. Georgia Tech is downright bad. You play them uh, at home. Boston College, not good. You get them twice. Notre Dame, probably the worst team besides us in the league. You play them at home. Like There are wins out there in February and early March for this team. And if it gets to a point where you know we're at least competitive against the Dukes and the, and the Carolinas and the Virginias of the world, and then we knock off, let's say we sweep Georgia Tech, we beat Syracuse at home, we knock off Notre Dame, Maybe we get Boston College in one of the two games that we play them, and all of a sudden, hey, like you've got seven conference wins. You're seven and thirteen. It's a, it's a, you know, what thirteen and, and seventeen record or whatever. That's not going to be impressive. It certainly is far below our historical standards. But there are some people who would say, look at the progress. He did it with injuries. He did it with a young roster. Look at what he can do moving forward. Like next step is next year we go to the NCAA tournament, and then by year four. We're back to competing for second weekends and Final Fours and all that good stuff. I don't believe that's the case, but I think some people will argue it. And I've got, again, I've got no idea how swayed Josh Hurd will be by that. But it, it is, like, I think it's the worst possible spot for this program to be. I think ideally after year two, you just want to know. You just want to know what your next step is. You want him to either win enough that it's so apparent that he's got to have a year three, or you want him to lose enough that it's so apparent that you cannot give him a year three because the next step is all that matters. We're not where we want to be. Everybody recognizes that. Everybody wants to fix it. And nobody, I'm going to say nobody agrees, but you know, there are disagreements about what the process is to get there because we're, you know, right now we're just, we're, we're starting the process of making it a little bit awkward. I don't think we're there yet. I think most people are still like, this sucks. We're six and 10. We're one and four. They're playing better, but still not good enough. But he wins a few games. And, and I think. The conversation shifts. Have sure. we have we been discussing the wrong thing? Is it is it about games and wins, or is it the effort that you see on the floor? Well, it's about both things. But I would say more so what you're seeing from the team. What win or lose? What do you mean? You're talking about like you think people want to bring him back just because the team's actually playing harder and fighting, harder and fighting, and then like just, just give us a basic understand or basic. 
to show us that you understand what you're trying to do offensively and defensively for the majority of games. Here's my problem with that is, is the things that we're not now talking about as check marks in his corner mm-hmm. in halfway through year two. Those are the things that needed to be established in year one. Like that was all the year one stuff. I, I think that most Louisville fans went into his first season thinking like it's probably going to be not great. That was my thought. I was like, I don't care if you flirt with the NCAA tournament in year one. I think the record is going to be bad. This is a poorly assembled roster. The things that I want to know, the things that I want to see in this first four-month period. One, the team's going to play really, really hard. We're going to see the fight. Two, I want to see a system that that works. And three, I want to see that he can connect with these kids and, and that there's going to be improvement over the course of the season. We saw none of those things last year. And... and like, I get that people want to say, well, it was just the players. It was, it was all the players. It was all the players. If you can't get through to, to any group of players, then it's a huge red flag for your ability to get through to a, to a roster talented enough to you know, compete for a national title. And I think that was where my major concern came going into year two. And now we're, we're halfway through his second season, and we're just starting to talk about the positives that I think we hoped we'd see in like the first week of the first year under Kenny Payne. Like, hey, they're fighting. They're playing through some stuff. They're starting to get it a little bit on offense. The defense is still uh, abysmal, but like the like the lowest of bars to clear are just now kind of starting to be cleared, and that's to me it's not good enough. Like, like, like there, there's no excuse to be on this track this late in his tenure. Okay. If you want to argue otherwise, you can argue otherwise, but that's that, that's my line of thought. I, I get that he would never been a head coach before, and there was a. A learning curve last year. My God, though, like the, the learning curve should not have been a four and twenty-eight season for sure. Texture says everybody's talking about ice baths. People are talking about ice baths a lot. Thank you. What Thanks you for bringing that up. I, I brought that up on KRC this morning. I was like, "What's the, what's all the hype about ice baths this year?" So uh, since uh, since I got sick like uh, a couple of years ago now, I've had to take uh, do cold showers. It helps like kind of like stimulate the the vagus nerve and, and helps my nervous system out and it has i think helped a decent amount i've never done the ice baths though i've done i've done a few like cold baths but i've never done the full-on like, like like to bring up eric wood for the second time this hour you know he has a pool at his house because he's rich and famous but <laughs> it, it's like it, it was like 15 degrees outside he was going into his pool to like do a cold bath i was like that's insane I'm not going to go that far, but there's this whole, like, there's this whole new thing. There's this new movement about if you want to really relax, you have to like torture yourself. You get, you have to feel terrible before you can fully relax. Like, there's a, a targeted Instagram ad. You know, like the, I, I think it's, it's, it's not monks, it's not Buddhist monks. I think, I think it's like Hindus. Like they have this. They used to do like the the bed of nails, where your body needs to feel pain and be uncomfortable to, and then you finally like relax. Mm-hmm. And so they, they sell this blanket that's like kind of spiky and you're supposed to lie on it to meditate and like it hurts, it hurts. And, and then you finally like get comfortable and your body kind of resets itself. And that's supposed to be the best meditation. The best, like, I don't want to suffer though. I, I don't want to do stuff. Like if, if I want to like relax, I want to take like a nap with three blankets. <laughs> it's my idea too. I mean, come on. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to do it. I, I get that there's, this sort of stuff is research, but yeah, cold baths are and ice baths are a big deal right now. Yeah, it's like we turned the calendar to 2024, and it was like we had this whole thing lined up. Let's just hit everybody with these ice baths. It's all the rage. Yeah, it is all the rage. Now, I mean, it's not like cold baths are like a, a new thing. Athletes have been doing this for years and years oh, and yeah. years, but uh, I feel like it's it's definitely gone more mainstream. Have you ever done a polar plunge? No, I've never done it. I, I've had friends that have done it. 
Yeah, do it. It's it's awesome. It's it's a really cool experience because you're in the water and it's freezing cold, or you're freezing before you get in the water, and then you get in the water and it's even colder, and then you get out and it feels like summertime. Really, it, it's fantastic. Yeah, I really enjoyed the one time I did it. Did you do? Did you do it for like charity or just? No, so I worked at a uh, summer camp. Okay, and when we would do, we would do like our party in the winter time like our christmas party for all the counselors or whatever and that was part of the ritual every year we would go down to the lake and jump in did you do like a summer camp like around you or did you do one of the ones that was like out of state uh it was up near bloomington okay yeah. my my brother it was a cyo camp it was a lot of fun yeah but i've heard like my, my brother when he was in college went to like he was like a camp counselor in pennsylvania and it was like he's like one of the coolest things I've ever done. Like it was just so fun. Like kept in touch with like made lifelong friends and all this stuff. And it always kind of sounded like a fun thing to do. Yeah, no, it was, it was a great summer. It's so, definitely a summer I'll never forget. I want to hear more. I mean, <laughs> really, all there is to it. <laughs> I mean, the most exciting thing I could tell you would be. So we had this book with songs, and we would sit around the campfire and sing these songs with the kids. But we would change words to some of the songs. And so when I, I'll still hear some of those songs. And I'll sing them like we did at camp versus how they normally are. Sounds pretty crazy. Yeah. Sounds pretty wild. Yeah. Wet Hot American Summer. <laughs> Texture says, what happens first? The new uh, college football game comes out or y'all get the YouTube cameras? Well, the YouTube cameras are coming next week. That's so what I heard too, yeah. Next week. So unless the college football game comes out next week, then I feel like we're YouTube cameras are going to win. There you go. Texas, I'm a Lions fan for a similar reason. I saw Barry Sanders play on Thanksgiving Day when I was like five and I couldn't look away. I mean, I Barry Sanders disagree with me fight me whatever i'm not changing this opinion barry sanders is american football pele like he's he did things that you had never seen before him and that quite frankly we still haven't seen since him like the most exciting player in football for sure all right if barry sanders is american pele who's messy brady Ooh, that's a good answer yeah really good answer yeah good answer good answer i mean Honestly, Brady probably won more than 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 Messi because for for a while, remember Messi's thing was like he couldn't he couldn't win the big one with with Argentina. He, yeah. he gets so frustrated that he was like, "I'm not playing national soccer anymore," and then he ended on the the highest of high notes. So I don't know, maybe maybe Messi's more like Peyton Manning. Is he still in Miami? Yeah, I think so. Hmm. Right, like the, the MLS is is it's been over. Columbus won like, like a couple months ago, so it's it's off season. But I think That's he's true. still with Miami. Get that jersey, it's still rocking, still rolling. Texas, hey, it's the Kelvin Sampson guy. Back again to say I'm not seeing Kelvin Sampson talked about enough. I do love this guy. Every <laughs> every every five o'clock hour, he's like he's like, why are we talking about Kelvin Sampson enough? I'm like, we get we get one Kelvin Sampson text a day. Let the record show for the seventeenth time, I'm in favor of Kelvin Sampson. Speaking of, how about our coaching search candidate of the day? Hey, let's make it happen. We uh, every single day we hear a new coaching rumor. Today we're going to pick a number. Give me scoots any number between five and forty. Five and 40. Let's go. I'll stick with my baseball number. Let's go 20. Okay. This actually is is, is, a, is a pretty good one. Okay. He you know recently got had a great run at a lower level school, parlayed that into a power conference job, did not have a ton of success right off the bat. People were worried. People kind of thought maybe, hey, look, he's coming into his third year on this in, in this gig, a little bit of a hot seat. Off to a pretty damn good start. How about Porter Moser at Oklahoma? Hmm. Seems like a logical jumping off point. You go from Loyola to a power conference job, but not like a, a sexy tier one power conference job. 
do a good enough job there, maybe you can go to a tier one gig like Louisville. Well, and Louisville, hmm. I've heard rumors that Louisville also is a red that he's more in favor of. He's he's not really a maroon guy. He's not a maroon guy. Yeah. Loves the cardinal red. A lot of buzz around him wanting to make a move back to the. Uh, to, to more of the like you know, the eastern part of the Midwest, if you consider Louisville Midwest, I don't. I mean, that seems logical. Mm-hmm. A lot of buzz around Porter Moser to Louisville. Take that to the message boards. It's your coaching search candidate of the day. That's a good one. Five o'clock hour is up next. Keep it locked right here. Text us at 502-414-1450. Maybe a little uh, am I the a hole in the five o'clock hour here on fourteen fifty ninety six one. The big ass. Edition on 1459 one the big X. Justin Kalen, aka Scooter Dingus in the house. Follow him on Twitter uh, at Justin Kalen PXP. Is that that's, that's right, right? Yeah. Just yep. making sure. He will uh he will forget that the head coaches are in the building when he's calling your games, but he will call them. Jesus. <laughs> who, who do you have on the docket this week, Scoots? What, um, what high school games are we calling? Oh, good grief. I've got a great game where the teams are a combined one and twenty-four. Oh boy. North Harrison and Lanesville. It's a great Southern Indiana rivalry. That's it's a classic rivalry. It's game. it's going to be something. I, I don't know if I've ever called a game where the teams have combined for one win through twenty four games, twenty five games. Someone's got to give, man. The movable object versus the unstoppable force. It's going to be great. Uh, we have with the culmination of the wild card round. Do they call it the super wild card round now? Whatever it is, I think it's just wild card. Is it? I feel like I heard somebody say super wild card round. I'm like, that seems it wasn't seems what, like overkill. Wasn't very super. It's definitely definitely was not a super super weekend of NFL games. But with the wild card round over, we still have seven former Louisville players that are going to participate in the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. You've got Jair Alexander who had a fantastic game for the Green Bay Packers. You've got Teddy Bridgewater who made a catch on the sidelines for the Detroit Lions. You got Malik Cunningham who is uh, playing for the Baltimore Ravens now. You've got Jonathan Grenard of the Houston Texans, Lamar Jackson, of course, with the Ravens as well, Sheldon Rankins for the Houston Texans, and then Yaya Diaby. Can't believe we didn't talk about him. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who you know, last night got a little bit of love yeah. on the, the, the national broadcast. As but he should have. He should have. I mean, he played what got, got dinged up at one point, which, I mean, they're trying to give him love. They have the graphic up there about how he's, he's third in the NFL in sacks and you know, his numbers compared to rookies all time and all this stuff. And then Chris Collinsworth just like glosses over with. He's like, "Yeah, I think the Eagles here. What they need to do." I was like, "Can you talk about Yaya for a second? Like, react to the damn graphic, Collinsworth. It's driving me crazy." But uh, Yaya, once he got back on the field, he was all over the place. He was making plays, and there were a couple of, of really cool clips of him just like going nuts after they won the game. The, 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 I think uh, uh, Greg Allman, who covers sports down there in Tampa Bay for the the the, uh, the Times. He had a video of all the players running into the tunnel, and, and like they're all they're all pretty excited. And then Yaya is just like screaming his, his brains <laughs> out, which was glad to see him have that that type of performance. He's a you know, fantastic rookie season for the Bucks. I hope it's the last time that he's happy in these playoffs because they do play the Lions coming up this weekend. But it was cool to see like he's been a he's been kind of a star for them this season. Wait, he had one tackle. 
What? He, he was all over the field, but he, he did get hurt. He was out for an extended period of time, like the middle part of the game. I feel like I saw at least two or three. There and was there was a nice little stretch there in the first half where he was everywhere. He was like he. There were a couple. There were multiple times where he like beat his man on the outside rush and forced Hurts to step up in the pocket, which you don't get credit for. Like when a sack yeah, happens there, but he was like the first guy in the backfield multiple times, uh, which is kind of you know what he's been doing all season long. I mean, I thought that Yaya was going to be a guy who hung around the league for a little bit of time. Yeah, I, I thought that both he and Yasir Abdullah would make rosters, maybe play a little bit as, as rookies. I'd be lying if I said I thought he would be like a guy who could come in as a rookie who did not start the season as a starter, could still finish with eight and a half sacks. Like like he's been he's been unreal for them, and uh, you know has a potential has the potential to be one of the better Louisville defensive players in the NFL that we've seen in a while. Which is a it's a list that's kind of stacking up names these days. So props to him. Great game last night. Good win for the Bucs. Uh, apologies if you're an Eagles fan listening to this. It was a disastrous end of your season. But I, I feel like the general sentiment from the Eagles fans that I know is is like I kind of wanted to lose so all these guys can get so some of these guys can get fired and we can move on because it was such a disastrous collapse. I still don't really know how it happened, but it definitely did. And if I'm an Eagles fan also, I think I'm finally admitting that Nick Sirianni is just kind of like a corny douche. Like, you know, he he's like the you know, the the, the screaming and, and the the head nods at the cameras and all that stuff. I guess it's cool enough if you're winning, but the second that you stop winning, you're like, you, you can finally acknowledge the fact that, like, yeah, that guy's just sort of a tool. Is that the same mindset that people have with Mike McDaniel if they start losing? See, I, I don't think that he's the same kind of way. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Like, he strikes me as just kind of like a, like, it's more with his players, like the whole, like, dude and, like, the mother bleeper and stuff like that. Like, I, I don't know. He trolled the media a lot this year. I mean, you had the situation him sprint out sprinting the cameraman. If you remember that one, yeah, do like the fins up thing. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe it will be a thing. I mean, look, they've they've already kind of collapsed the last two years late in the season. They, what they they didn't win a game in December last year, and then this season they they pretty much imploded in December and January again. So like, the, the, I think he's getting a little bit of heat, but he's. I, I watched seven, like multiple episodes of the Hard Knocks in season. I think the last one came out today. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to kind of watch it, but I. I I kind of liked him. Yeah. I, I no, think, I like him a lot. I think it was he, like he was it was insightful. I, I can't really liking a lot of those guys. I felt really bad for the kid. Um, it was Jalen Franklin uh, who um, who had battled all the injuries at UCLA? He gotten hit by a moped, transferred to Miami uh, after giving up football, and then had just like worked himself back to have this this great season, and then t- tore his ACL again. Uh, which I I remember seeing the story about him having the injury. I didn't know like his background until watching that show. It was, it was kind of heartbreaking. I was pretty bummed I couldn't watch that. I watched the uh, – so I wasn't a big Hard Knocks guy, but I watched the Jets one in the preseason. Uh-huh. And then we got to the in-season one. I click on HBO to go watch it. Gil canceled HBO. Gil. Classic Gil. Classic Gil. He was watching – Ruthless I, Gil. I can't even remember what he was watching on HBO, but I guess he had gotten through it and was like, yep, enough's enough. Jeez, Gil. Kind of cold-hearted. Very poorly. Timed. Does Gil call these types of shots in your household? I mean, it's if he's paying it kinda, for it. Yeah, yeah. As I say, it kind of seems like it, it. It really depends on who's paying for what. Like I pay for the Hulu, so I could cancel Hulu anytime. Well, I, I, I feel want. like you should give each other a heads up. Like, hey, man, like I, I'm not going to pay for this. If you want to keep it going, like you can start paying for it. But like, I'd prefer to cancel it. I feel like that. I feel like that's a conversation that needs to be had. We our communication could be better. I'll, I'll give you that. <laughs> This is how this is what makes relationships work. <laughs> Communication is the cornerstone of every good relationship. You guys need to get that figured out. 
It needs to happen. Well, I don't want a relationship, so maybe I don't figure it out. Well, it's it a out. friendship relationship. <laughs> it needs to happen. I feel like I'd be upset if that were me. But yeah, the I, I, I'm a sucker for most sports documentaries. I enjoy, like, I loved Hard Knocks when it first came out. It did feel like it got a little bit, like, real housewived up in recent years where it was, you know, they, you could tell that guys knew that it was very, very popular and that whatever they, they, how they acted was going to be shown on the show and it was going to be a thing that people talked about and it felt like some storylines just got overhyped. But, uh, you know, the the realness of it, I think, sort of wore off. But I still enjoyed it. I loved the Lions season a couple of years ago. It made me like Dan Campbell more and mm-hmm. kind of, I think, set the stage. Somebody was bringing up one of the speeches that he had from that show where they were going, like, live contact in practice early on where, like, like most teams at a point in training camp had, had like, taken the pads off or, or were just, like, you know, seven on seven, like, not going full contact. And he gave this, he like stopped it because he could tell the players were kind of like, what, "What's this dude doing?" And he gives this this big impassioned speech about how you've you've got to trust me. Oh, I watched. That, I know. Yeah. yeah, and like in like all the stuff that he lays out have, have kind of come to fruition in the twenty four months that have transpired since. And it was it was cool to see it in because I'd forgotten about the speech, I'd forgotten about the the, the show, and then seeing it, I'm like, yeah, he was he, he kind of called a shot. He was right about all this stuff. Um, he's he, he's an easy guy to get behind. I, I can I can see why like, sort of like general football fans that don't have a rooting interest are kind of liking Dan Campbell. He's got that classic football coach voice. He does, but he also like you can tell like he's not he has a lot of the same classic football stuff, but when he like he can lay things out. Like he, he's clearly a very intelligent dude. He's not just hit somebody, you know, that that kind of guy mm-hmm. that they coached you in grade school. Um he's he has a plan and it's working and he's he's the right kind of crazy for that gig for sure. Uh Eric Crawford and Rick Bozich. They had a a video I guess it was last night, you know, WGRB, they do these kind of like quick little vignettes where they have these conversations and it's like a, it's like, it's like a podcast that they, they, they videotape and they put it out there. And they were talking about with this three game stretch coming up for the Louisville men's basketball team, you know, they're, they're playing North Carolina tomorrow night. We'll obviously talk a lot about that on tomorrow's show. They're playing uh, Wake Forest on the road right after that, a Wake Forest team that's been pretty good this year. And then Duke, who's I think the most talented team in the league, will come here on on Tuesday night, a week from tonight. And they were talking about the expectations for this three game stretch. Where hit the cough button for me real quick, Scoots. Gotcha. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Where Ken Palm projects Louisville to lose all three of these games by 15 points or more. And they're talking about you know what what's a win for Louisville in this and. They're basically both of them are saying some variation of like you know you just want to be somewhat competitive and you you, you want to keep playing hard and, and all this stuff and like that's that's a win for Louisville in this stretch and understandably a lot of Louisville fans saw this and reacted and, and had the same reaction that I think we've all had many times over the last three years which is like my God we're Louisville like, like what are we talking about we just want to be competitive on the road against Wake Forest what the hell and so Crawford I, I think sees some of that reaction and she, and he's like this is a this is a talking point, a topic that deserves more attention, and, and I need to kind of write through it. And he writes this thing for WDRB today talking about expectations versus standards. Because the standard at Louisville is so far beyond where we've been the last couple of years. And even if you want to go back to Chris Max last year, or second to last year, where Louisville narrowly missed the NCAA tournament, like that's not Louisville standard either. You know, being the first team left out of the NCAA tournament is not a good year. I know it was COVID shortened and there was just sort of a weird year, but still, excuses be damned, Louisville expects to be in the NCAA tournament, expects us to be a contender in the NCAA tournament every single year. So that's the standard. 
when you're talking about the expectation right now, I don't think any Louisville fan could watch this team play and say, like, I expect to go into Chapel Hill and beat North Carolina tomorrow night. I expect to sweep this three-game stretch. And that's kind of what Crawford's trying to lay out. And he compares it. I think he makes a really good comparison where he's like, let's say you had a five-star restaurant and always had the standard of having the best food, the best service. But then the chef leaves. Go somewhere else. You don't just throw out that standard because you've got a new chef, some new leadership at the restaurant. If you go to, I mean, what's the best restaurant in town? Whatever restaurant you love. I love Jack Fry's. Let's say I go to Jack Fry's. They've got a new chef. They've got a new owner. I don't expect the food to just start sucking. And if it does, I'm not going to go there anymore. But let's say you there is a, a change and you go have your next meal there. And the soup, it, it's just not very good. Maybe the, the new chef sucks. Maybe the old chef took a bunch of the kitchen staff. Maybe whatever leadership changes just resulted in, in total dysfunction. The soup being bad, that's what matters to the customer, right? We don't really care about what the issues are in the kitchen. We don't really care about if the chef's have, new chef's having a bad day or has a, a learning curve. He's not ready to step into a restaurant. We care that the food sucks. The food used to be good. It's bad now. The standard doesn't change. And that's where I think we all are with the Louisville men's basketball program. And it's why it's frustrating seeing you know the, the national names, all these announcers be like, Kenny Payne knows what he's doing. You're seeing the progress. We, we, we've grown up our entire lives. Like I, I remember being frustrated in the 90s and, and seeing my dad and my older brothers who experienced the 80s being so devastated that Louisville was like just a six seed in a lot of these NCAA tournaments, or that they were a a three seed that was losing to Arizona in the Sweet 16. It was like this this isn't Louisville basketball. This sucks, and that's the standard that I grew up with, where you know we we expect to be a top four seed that at least has a shot at making a run to the Final Four every single year. And, and now we're sitting here and people are, are trying to talk about a guy who has a 10 and 39 overall record potentially getting a third season because he's showing some improvement because it looks like the players are at least caring and at least trying. And the restaurant comparison, I, I think, holds up. Like, if the soup had a bunch of rubber bands in it, shout out to Seinfeld, like, <laughs> you're not going to keep coming back. At some point, you're going to be like, this is different, this sucks, I'm doing something else with my time. And I think you're seeing a lot of people um, who've you know, loved Louisville basketball their entire lives who are in that same predicament where it's like, why – why are we still doing this? Uh, you know, you, it, like, at some point, it takes a toll. And I think it's not just the Kenny Payne era. It's the last couple of years of the Mac era. It's maybe some of the scandal that took place at the end of the Patino era. But none of it's, none of this feels the way that it should. This is not the restaurant that we grew up going to. We want it to go back, bring back, you know, we, we probably can't get the old chef back. But we can get somebody who reminds us of the old chef, who knows sure. how to cook the ingredients the same way. I think that's what needs to happen. It's a good read. Check it out, WDRB.com. Uh, Eric always does a fantastic job of, uh, of laying out things, including, you know, the soup game. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's the, he says the, the last thing, the job of the reviewer of the restaurant, it's not to say, well, they're, they're fixing the soup, so we need to show some patience. They're, they're going to get this thing right. It's, you know, well, these people in the kitchen are really nice. They came into a tough situation. Uh, just you need to choke the soup down the best you can while they figure this thing out. It, it's not. Like, you, you have to say what it is. And I, I think that's been the, the issue for, for me on the radio. It's why you have a lot of diehard fans that are saying you, you just – 
you got to work at this with patience. You're not a real fan if you're criticizing that, and I, and I totally disagree with that. I think you, if, if the soup sucks, you have to say the soup sucks. It doesn't matter why the soup sucks. That That's part of the equation. That's the, the other thing that has to be discussed. But the biggest thing is the food's not good anymore. Well, and if it's not good, you're not going to eat it, period. Yeah, and that's I, I think that's where we all are. The, the standard is still the standard. The expectations certainly have changed. I mean, if, again, if you if, like, to, to keep going back to the, the metaphor – if you keep going to the same restaurant time and time again, like eventually you're going to be like, okay, if this only has one rubber band in the soup, that's better. Like that, that that's better than it has been. It's not what it used to be, but we're seeing some progress here. But the standard, it doesn't change. Like this is still a five star restaurant that demands a five star chef, and whether or not this guy can become one is is the question. And if he can't, you have to bring somebody in who is or can be, and that's where we are. Again, Crawford always does a good job. Check him out over there at WDRB.com. A couple other ins and outs. Uh, I, I mentioned this, the, the the early point spread for tomorrow's game against North Carolina is 23. The Fayetteville Observer, I read their preview this morning, uh, they talked about how Armando Baycott, who, yes, still is at UNC, should rack up a ton of points in the paint because Louisville is 259th in effective field goal percentage defense. They allow teams to shoot 52.1% from the floor, which, if you didn't know, is not good. We are 306th in the country in two-point percentage defense. We're letting teams shoot 52.9%. And Baycott is kind of playing his best basketball in a while right now. UNC scored 58 points in the paint in their recent 103-67 win over Syracuse. In their previous three ACC games, the Tar Heels averaged 28.6 points in the paint. Baycott is is, is back to you know, getting double-doubles. Louisville, I'm not sure that they have. You know, Huntley Hatfield is playing better offensively. Still a little bit of a work in progress defensively. The Fayetteville Observer says uh, UNC wins the game 85-64, to which kind of, I mean, this is the ultimate litmus test for this quote-unquote new Louisville basketball team that's won one game and, and, and been competitive in the other. If they're competitive on the road against North Carolina, I, I, think, I do think that you can take something away from that and say we're going to – probably win five, six, seven more games. I, I think once the schedule eases up in February, if they keep playing like this, they should. If they get blasted, it's not like a it's a regression. It's just, oh, they, they kind of are who we thought they were going to be because Carolina's good, and they don't lose much at home, and they play a style that I don't think we're great against. So, Did you say they scored 58 points in the paint and Syracuse only had 63? Uh, 67, yeah. 103-67 was uh, Carolina's most. So they almost beat Syracuse just in paint. just by points in the paint. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah, they they are Carolina comes into this game on a little bit of a hot streak. I mean, they've won each of their last. Uh, you know, since they lost to Kentucky in mid December, they've won six straight. They've won all six of those games by double figures. So <laughs> not great, <laughs> not not ideal. And they're also. I, I feel like we've said this about the last several games we played on the road. They're a team that has not lost at home so far this season. They've been much, much better at home than they've been on neutral floors or in straightaway games, which they haven't played many of. So Dean Dome, I know we're a lowly opponent at this point. I still expect a good a good reaction, uh, good reception. We'll see what happens. I'm just saying now, I believe we have a Brady Brom bomb. Hmm. When Brady Brom tweets. People lose it. People People know what's going on. Um, let's see what he said. This one, Brady Brom just uh, just tweeted out. This one will put college football on notice. Hashtag transfer to the Ville. The Brom squad is a problem in the portal, and we're here to stay. 
Louisville football equals transfer portal king. Card Nation, the future is bright. It's a party in the Ville. I don't know what's going on, hmm. but that's exciting. I mean, you know how you've never guessed? Uh, I've got a guess. I don't want to say it because then if it's yeah. not, I mean, I'm hoping it's, it's even somebody cooler than I'm thinking of. But when Brady Brom tweets it, we should get excited. I mean, I, I, like now I need the news to come out before six, though. <laughs> we, we, we need to be able to talk about this. Like, you know, it's coming. Like, Brady Brom has never put out a tweet that hasn't resulted in a commitment coming uh, within like the next two hours. But don't, just don't let it be 6.05. Don't let it be 6.05. Um, also, breaking news uh, Rick Patino going to miss Seton, uh, St. John's upcoming game against Seton Hall because he's got COVID. Huh. Not going to be there. After you just had a great rant. I'm blaming you. You wore the St. John's hoodie today. I did. I am. <laughs> Thanks for outing me. I am, I am rocking the St. John's hoodie. It's so comfy, and I love Rick. Uh, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton Sacks line. Before we get there, a couple other quick, quick notes to get to. I, I saw that uh, Michigan State is you know, they're having a down year. Michigan State has not missed the NCAA tournament. What, uh, well, tri- trivia time. When's the last time Sparty did not make the NCAA tournament? Oh, man. Um, 1999. Very close. 1997 is the last time that Michigan State missed the NCAA tournament. Tom Izzo was just getting started there. But they're certainly flirting with it right now. In fact, if the the tournament happened right now, they'd be firmly on the outside. I think they have a losing record right now. They just have not been good. Mm -mm. And it's led to, you know, Tom Izzo has had these rants about how he hates analytics, he hates advanced stats, he hates all this stuff. And it's led to a lot of people saying, this guy is, is he's very resistant to change. He's trying to do things the old way, and it's just not working. And he's going to follow Jim Beheim, Coach K, Roy Williams, Jay Wright, if you want to believe that that was the impetus for his retirement, and say, like, the game's changed too much. I'm out of here. He came out definitively today and said, I ain't retiring in 2024. He's like, when it happens, I'm not going to do the big retirement tour. I'm not going to do the, the Coach K year of adoration um, any of that stuff, it'll be very much like Jay Wright, where it comes out of nowhere. But it's not happening in 2024. So, well, he's if he followed if he followed that statement with all that jargon, then I think it would happen, right? Yeah, maybe. And he just trying to throw everybody off the scent. Maybe. I, as much like I'm not the biggest Tom Izzo fan in the world. I like Tom Izzo. Yeah, I mean, I, at one point in time, I did. He's kind of. Uh, I'm not the, not the biggest fan, but he's good for college basketball. He's a familiar face. We've lost so many of the biggest names in the sport in the last two or three years. You need some of those holdovers. You need some of the old guard to stick around and keep this thing interesting because we, you know, we have it's such a an era of transition for the sport. I mean, it's an era of transition for all of college sports, but especially college basketball, losing Shashevsky and losing Roy Williams and losing all these Hall of Famers. Like you want those guys to stick around for a little bit, and you know you don't have. It felt like an era like where we had so many active Hall of Famers for the first time in, in forever, and like you've lost almost all of them now. I wonder who those guys are, say like twenty, twenty five years from now. That's the question. Yeah. Is I mean, you've got like like who's the next wave? I I, I think Danny Hurley very clearly. Yeah, is, I would agree. With is that. a guy who's like you know he won a national title. Like he, he he knows what he's doing. But besides that, like you kind of thought that Jay Wright was going to be Danny Hurley. Like when when all these guys left, when when Patino left and Izzo left, like Jay Wright would still be around and he'd be the new Coach K. And instead, it's kind of like, is it just going to be a, a a crazy accumulation of a bunch of different guys that have okay records but are, are never what the old guard was? I mean, Scott Drew is is good, but you know Baylor's not 
Duke or Carolina or like is he going to be John Shire is he going to be some of these new guys that are I mean Bill Self is still going to be around for a while but you're you're right I mean who's that next wave is it Nate Oates is it Eric Musselman is it it some of these guys we just don't know and I think it's going to take a while Bill Self won't be around he's 61 he's still got like you know 10-15 years yeah this this could be his era where he establishes himself as like the guy in college basketball I think that that's that's fair I mean John Calipari is still around don't don't forget about him guys Mm -hmm. Don't, don't forget about Coach Cal I tell you what, let's take our last break. I'm going to try to figure out what this Brady Brom bomb, bomb is all about. i got, I got to figure out what's going on here. Let's take our last break. We'll come back. Maybe we can discuss that. If not, we'll get to the Thornton's text line at 502-414-1450, and then we'll pick some games for tonight. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on a Tuesday on 1450-961, The Big X. Never had Air Force One. Did anybody? I, not me. I don't think <laughs> none of my friends could pull them off. I don't think. Uh, I mean, keep on where you getting them colors. Are you dying them? I mean, I still knew every word of the song. I was a big, uh, big St. Lunatics guy, big Nelly guy. Shout out to Air Force Ones. We love you. Uh, final segment here of the Mike Rutherford Show, Tuesday edition here on 1450-961, The Big X. Hopefully you're staying warm somewhere. It's god-awful cold. It's going to stay, I think, ridiculously cold for the next week. Yeah. Looks like it's going to get maybe a little bit warmer towards the end of the week and mm-hmm. then be very cold during next the weekend. Week. Uh, and then next week, we'll see. I mean, so before the break, we had the Brady Brom, the bombshell. Yeah, what you got for us? Brady Brom tweeting out, you know, this next one's going to put the whole, whole college football world on notice. You've also got these these NIL titans at U of L, Zach Soskin, who's been you know doing all this stuff, helping with recruiting. He tweeted out a gif of uh, I thought I told you that we won't stop. And then Dan Furman, who's the head of the Five Hundred Two Circle, a gif of like a chef eating. So this uh, it's going to be somebody big. The only person that I can think of, and again, I'm don't say it. What if you're wrong? I know. I I, well, <laughs> I, I, I tried to do some snooping, and I can't. No, nobody seems to know for sure. But I know that Louisville was at one point in time very in on Tyler Barron, the, the the Tennessee defensive lineman who ended up committing to Ole Miss in December. And I know that like as of a couple of weeks ago, they still felt like it was like a 50-50 shot that they could get him to flip. That's the only big name that I've heard of recently. And if that happens, that's huge. Like He changes the entire defensive line. He's one of the best pass rushers uh, in the entire country. He makes an already stout front uh, defensive front for Louisville just that much more intimidating. Gelati's a D line, right? Gelati, he's defensive end. Yeah, he he be he's going to help too. You can have Barron on the other side, and you've got two guys who can just get in the backfield pretty consistently. Um, it probably doesn't hurt that Louisville has added two guys from Tennessee in the last couple of weeks. Uh, the two safeties, Wesley Walker and Tamarian McDonald. Maybe that will help with, with Tyler Barron again. Like, this is just me. This is not inside info. This is uh, just a guy that I'd heard was still kind of on the fence and maybe could flip. It would be a big-time flip. Maybe somebody you – know, who knows? Maybe somebody – to quote Will Ferrell, maybe it's something cool that we don't even know about. Maybe it's just, you know, it's cotton. Something, something we've never seen before. You never know. But it's clearly somebody. And I will keep my eyes and ears and, I, and everything else focused 
for this next uh, 20 minutes or so to figure out who we've got. If you want to have your, your thoughts heard on the radio, you've got about 23 minutes to make it happen. Hit us up at 502-414-1450. That's the Thornton's text line. We'll take some texts from you guys. And then we will. Uh, I think I'm feeling more confident with the Tyler Barron talk. No, we'll we'll see. We'll, we'll we'll see. You are more confident. I'm feeling more confident okay. now that, that, that that's a big one. That that is definitely definitely a big one. Uh, if if it happens, should it happen, we will we will talk more about it on the show for sure. But we'll text some text and then we'll prick some games for tonight. Big night for Scoots as Purdue and Indiana go at it in Bloomington Pumped. Assembly Hall. You'll hear it right here on 1450 Big X right when we get off the air. I'm so happy it's at that. seven. It's it's better than six thirty. It's, it's no, it's better than nine. Is what I was thinking. Well, that that too. <laughs> Which Louisville tomorrow night is the nine o'clock game, and I'm like, I remember that. Yuck. Gonna need an app tomorrow. It's one thing to, to be staying up for that type of game when it's like, hey, like number four in the country, we got a real shot here. This is gonna be a battle. I'm very excited about it. It's another one. It's like I'm staying up till eleven fifteen for a like a game that we're a twenty three point underdog in. Um. Okay, well, so it, it appears as if Tyler Barron is, is enrolled in the UofL student database now. That quick? It, it's, it, that, that's, that's good. This is good. This is very good. Let's go. Let's bleep and go. That, uh, if he's in the student directory, that would be a pretty solid indication that I think we're in, we're in good shape here. Just please make it official before we get off the air. It's, it's going to be 6.05. I'm going to go home. <laughs> I'm going to open the computer. I'm going to have to write it up right when I get home. The kids are going to be screaming. We'll see what happens. All right, let's go to the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Texas says, did you see Jeff Goodman, the tweet about the list? Yeah, we've, we've talked about the list. Um, number one worst coaching hire of the last 24 years. Texas, Rick, Rick Flair and RG3 looked horrible yesterday. Jet flying, limousine riding, woo. Rick Flair did look terrible. What did Rick Flair do? He, I don't know what he was there for. I- he had something to do with that game, I'm sure, but I didn't. I didn't hear why he was. Oh, there. just like he he looked bad, just like physically. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's old. He is old, but I mean, he. I don't know. It just looked worse than last time I saw him. I thought they meant it was like a bad look, like for what they how they were acting or something. No, I mean he was he was leaning over one of the rails doing the whoa. I saw the because like, you, you know he's had like seven last matches ever. The famous one was the right. the HBK one where he says I love you, I'm sorry, and, and gives him the, the sweet chin music and, and covers him. But I saw the, like the, he did the it was like a pay per view a year or two ago where it was like the official last man. And he looked just terrible. I'm like just 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 give it up, man. Like this, you're old. You're too. You shouldn't be doing this. You're so old. Just you're just too old to be doing it. I mean, he's 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 like 80, right? Maybe north. Is he north? He's 74. That's it. So, yeah, but he's he put his body through a lot. When, when you do every drug and every drink known to man, and then you also wrestle consistently for for forty years, you're going to look pretty bad. That's so, a good point. Yeah, he's, he's it's, it's time take it easy. You got a lot of money. Rest, <laughs> hang out. Texas says I heard that uh, Chris Beard brought a ho- bought a house in Prospect. That's the big rumor. <laughs> Chris Beard buying houses in Prospect. Sure, That'd be a long drive, right? Well, you know. It's, you- Figure they'd be closer. Where where do the where does the coaches do the coaches live? So they used to live in Lake Forest. Okay, really? That's recently they have lived in that new that that new kind of prospect uh, neighborhood where they've been constructing houses. I know Chris Mack had his house there. Scott Satterfield was was right next door. Eric Wood lives over there. Like that's where they've they've kind of gone. I, th- I mean Jeff Brom I think just lives in his the same house that they've had like in Fern Creek. Like that's yeah, he's good old boy. Yep, just every man. Texas says, Mike, you've mentioned Nate Oates or intimated an SEC coach on more than one occasion. Is there a strong chance? I don't know uh, about Nate Oates. I mean, I, I think that there's been 
there's been more buzz about a different SEC coach and, and not Chris Beard. I, I would say that that coach would have a stronger chance. Oates has been just kind of like there hasn't been the same talk behind the scenes that his agent has reached out like he did two years ago. I don't know if it's because of the, the new contract or what, but that's just been kind of me speculating, seeing him as a candidate, a guy who maybe could take a step up. But uh, as far as like reports or buzz, there's been a back and forth. I haven't heard. I think, again, like I think NATO's would do a good job here. He, there was some mishandling of stuff last year for sure. The system I, I, has not proven itself to work in the NCAA tournament, but it's exciting. There's no question about it. Texas says... Um, see hmm. Texas says, what are we talking about here KP is done no matter what we are Louisville wins matter I mean I think so but it's odd to me that like, I, I, I keep saying that I think I, I know how these things are going to play out but if you had ever told me at any point in time again I, I don't care about the external stipulations I don't care if it was They've got a postseason ban. They got death penalty. Whatever. If you'd ever told me that Louisville was going to go four and twenty-eight, and that there wouldn't be any sort of coaching staff shakeup, <laughs> there'd be no off-season address about, hey, Kenny Payne's got to do more. Like, I-, I would have said you were crazy. And I never thought that we would get to this point. We did, and there was still debate about whether or not it was okay. And ultimately, like, no coach got fired. No, there was no coach shaking up. No staff shakeup. No nothing. We heard nothing from Kenny Payne during the offseason. We really didn't hear that much from Josh Hurd during the offseason. And it was just kind of business as usual. So, like, I'm not saying I have any idea about how this is going to play out. I just, I really, really don't. It's, I would love to go back and listen to our show after last season, like after after the AC tournament when we were talking about, because, you know, famously, Brooks Holton of the Courier Journal. Asked Kenny Payne after they lose to Boston College in the conference tournament, you know, about his job security. And he's like shocked that anybody's asking him about his job security. And then then Brooks also asks about, you know, thoughts about changing your staff. And he's like, I got the best staff in the country. What are you talking about? It's a bad question. And it was jarring to see him like not get how four and twenty eight would resonate with the with the fan base. And I remember I remember talking on the show about what he needs to do in the offseason. And I said the first thing he needs to do, you know, you take take the month, go out there, get guys in the transfer portal, you know, go recruit, do all that stuff. But at some point during the summer or or late spring, you need to get out in front of the fan base and you need to lay out specifically what your plan is to make this thing better, what your vision is, how you're going to execute that vision, and why we should believe that what we just witnessed, the worst season in the history of Louisville basketball, is not reflective of who you're going to be as the head coach here. I was like that. I was like that has to happen at some point this summer, and instead he just didn't talk. Like we we just didn't hear him until he did the podcast with John Rothstein in like August, and then he did a couple of other. You know, he did a press conference in in town, but like we never got that, and I I never would have guessed that would have happened. So all these people who are like, well, you know, there's no way he gets a year three, or there's no way he doesn't get. It. We we have no idea how this is going to play out. Like I've been wrong about what I thought was going to happen at every step of the way, outside of the the product on the court being bad. Um. It's I, I don't know. Interesting that this same texter texted in on last Wednesday and asked, "Is KP the worst hire in the history of college athletics?" Well, we got proof today. Is Goodman. this Jeff Goodman? <laughs> <Is> this... <laughs> Hitting up the text line. I know he enjoys the program. I know he likes the show. Uh, texture says, 
I've been pushing to get uh, to get Trevor to do the polar plunge. We did have that push for a while, where it was like a. I, I know. Yeah, that, I heard that. Yeah, you, you know, it's a, it's it's a, it's a good charity thing. But did you just do it for fun? I, I never, I mean, yeah. never asked a follow up question. You just like kind of just you just did yeah. it. That was like tradition when we did the Christmas party. Yeah. Hmm. You you I, you didn't have to do it. You just a lot of us volunteered to do it. Texas, interesting. You've gone this long without mentioning LSU women's team losing to a horrific Auburn team. Still waiting for the infighting online amongst the players' parents. I did mention it yesterday. I talked about how it was part of the great weekend. Uh, that was that was wonderful. I, I love the fact. I mean, Haley Van Lith again. I, I said this year I was going to be a hater. I've definitely been a hater. She only had three points in the game. She got her ankles broken by one of the the, the, <laughs> the lays for Auburn, which was lovely to see. And then she missed the the last second three at the, at the buzzer to potentially, I guess, win the game. So don't hate it. Love seeing it. Glad that they're losing. Just got to make sure they don't win the national title because they will. I'm sure they'll step up. Texter says uh, it sounds sounds like Gill and Scoots could have a meaningful bromance if they just work at it. Maybe so. Yeah, I'll see what uh, I'll see what I can work out. Have you considered bromance couples therapy? No, <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> Maybe you should. I communication's the key. Communication's the key. You can't have you can't just have them canceling your HBO Max. It's all good. Texas, is there any current D1 coach that you would prefer Kenny Payne over just from an on-court perspective? <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know. The, the, the guy at, at Coppin State this year didn't seem very good. I, I'll take him over. I, I don't remember who that guy was. By the way, Coppin State is 360 on Ken Palm right now. They've only won two games, one of which was against UMBC, who should have beaten us. But uh, it was at Larry Stewart who played at Coppin State and was – this was his, I think, first year as a head coach, and he's like, he's very old, and he was, he, he was not. I, I didn't feel like Coppin State had a very good game plan. It's hard to tell given the players they had, but I, I might take Kenny Payne over Larry Stewart. I'll say that. That's my, that's my serious answer to a not serious question. Texas, why is no one talking about Kelvin Sampson as an option for U of L? <laughs> if we get Kelvin Sampson, it would be a great moment for this show. I feel like we would have. You would have to say like, as heard on the Mike Rutherford show first. Uh, also, I think, how would you feel if Louisville got Kelvin Sampson oh, scoots? As somebody who feels like I can't even think about it. Mike. I know you're I very can't. much a what if type I, guy. I cannot think about that until it happens. I can't tell you how I would feel because it. I mean, just the thought of it now is kind of making my blood boil. So. I probably wouldn't be very happy. God, I want it to happen. <laughs> Pete Nackos of On Three, by the way, has just uh, he's just placed a pick. On the what crystal ball thing, whatever they do for Tennessee transfer and Ole Miss commit Tyler Barron to flip to Louisville. There it is, guy who has 101 career tackles, 27 career tackles for loss, 13 sacks would be a huge piece for Louisville's currently top-rated transfer portal class. That would be a that would be a big one. That would be, I would enjoy it. Six five two fifty, big time edge rusher. That would be fun. Let's make it happen. Texas says, uh, the fact that this one is more than a let's play football gift excites me tremendously with Brady Brom. Yeah, I mean, I think Tyler Barron is, is, if it is him, is a guy that warrants more than just the the classic Brady Brom, Brom bomb. Texas says, I'm not completely sure how I picked my sports teams besides, I think, the video games, and I would like certain players' names. With that being said, go Pack, go Mike, NFC North, take over, meet you in the ship to crush your dreams. Oh, and lastly, I'm not sure who I'd rather play if we do beat San Francisco. I went to Green Bay for the second time in my life last month to see Baker destroy us, and y'all pummeled us once as well, so very much conflicted. Look, I, I know the Packers beat us on Thanksgiving. I, I'm not dumb. 
the Packers could beat us in the NFC title game, but if you're asking me to pick who I'd rather play, I'd rather play the Packers than, than the 49ers. That's that's a no-brainer. If I'm you, I'd probably rather play the Buccaneers, I think. Did you all split the regular season? We did. We, we okay. beat them pretty bad the first time, when they, when they like back when they weren't good, and then they beat us on Thanksgiving, like pretty decisively, too, on our home field, which was a shock. But that was the first time where I was like, this is, you know, I don't know if the Packers are good now, but we look pretty bad, and then the Packers they, they ended up being good. So, yeah, ready for a rubber match if it presents itself. As far as picking, first of all, I never asked you how you picked the Steelers. We were talking about teams yesterday. I told you. What'd you say? Thanks for listening, Mike. Sorry. My dad's a Steelers fan. That's right. His twin with the Cowboys. He was kind of out of spite. Thanks for listening. I I did. I just forgot. Doesn't sound like it. My short-term memory's bad these days. (laughs) At least I listened to you. You you admitted yesterday you don't listen to TJ or Ned. That's true. It's fine. Or you half the time. Did they bring bring that up on the show today at all? Uh, No. Well, I guess you're not the only ones not listening. That's fine. Texter says, uh, who's the bigger fraud, the Dolphins, the Cowboys, the Eagles, or TK's pole vaulting career? Well, <laughs> <laughs> the pole vaulting was never going to happen. I, I did love everybody like like calling out the tweets from the middle of the year that were like, Alabama quarterbacks are taking over the NFL. And it was, you know, you, like, everybody was having such great years. And it was Jalen Hurts and... Uh, Tua Tungavailoa and uh, Mac Jones and uh, who's the um, uh, Bryce Young? It, it was like this is incredible, and then they all ended up just not not doing. Much. By the way, did you see Tua's little brother got denied? Yeah, the NCAA actually denied a request for an extra year. Did you see why he was requesting an extra year? I didn't. So when he was at Alabama, he you know how you can only play in four games to not burn your red shirt. Right. He came in. He played in five games, Ooh. but the only reason he came in was to basically just kneel the ball. Well, that's that felt like it's kind of a d bag move by Saban. Yeah, exactly. I saw that Saban did write to the NCA on his behalf. He did. Yeah, they they sent him a very. Well, that kind of sucks. I mean, I don't, again, like I don't, I don't feel terrible for a guy who's twenty five years old who's not going to play college football. Right. But that that does kind of suck. It was a similar situation if you remember. I don't know if you were following this at all, but Tyler Sharp came here as a walk-on, uh, a local kid, and ended up going to Northern Kentucky and was like fantastic. Like, like got got a scholarship at NKU, uh, led them to the, the NCAA tournament, and he was hoping to get an extra year because he played. He, he basically he played one game at Louisville and it was like three seconds as a walk-on, and that cost him a chance for his last year of eligibility. And at this point in time, it was right after COVID. The NCAA is basically like rubber stamping every single appeal for an extra year of eligibility. And Tyler Sharp was the one guy that they were like, "No, you, you, you're done." And that, you know, playing three three seconds in a game just sort of sucks. I, I felt like that was silly. Did your light just flicker? A couple it times? did. I was. I thought it was okay. just me. I'm glad that I'm glad that it wasn't just me. All right. I've, I've had just some. Make it sure. I've had some weird eye stuff happen recently, and now I just kind of ignore it. I'm like, yeah, it's just me. It'll be it'll be okay. But that makes me feel a little bit better. Um, Texture says five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. I like the Crawford metaphor. But I put it like this when the progress thing is brought up with KP. Say you get named a CEO for a company that makes $100,000 a month, and then your first month as CEO, you make $10,000, and the only thing that changed was you. The shareholders would not like to be would not be like, hey, we made $15,000 this month. He made progress. He would get canned immediately. We went from 22 to 30 wins over the past 15 years to now talking about a coach winning 12 games in season two and how it would show progress. <laughs> I think that's, a, that's also a fair comparison. Is yeah, like nobody would be like if profits were down by eighty percent, 
nobody's going to be like, hey, profits are only down by 75% now. We're getting better. Yeah. Texas Mike, I had 26 unread emails because of uh, the three-day holiday weekend. Can we get number 26 on any site uh, for the candidate of the day? We can do that tomorrow. 26 unread emails is not that much. That, yeah, that's what I was thinking. That's very little. I feel like I wake up with like 111. No some, some of it is just spam. But Man, I did a thing last week, or maybe it was two weeks ago now, but I went through my email and I unsubscribed from all the BS that I just never read. Oh, there are apps that been do a that blessing. for you. There is, yeah. I never download the apps. I always, I feel like if I can get like a spare 30 minutes and I feel motivated and I'm just like pissed off, I'm like, this is way too many. I, I go on like a spree mm-hmm. once every few months where I'm like, all right, this is dumb. Okay. I ordered one thing from you 17 years ago. I don't need to keep getting your newsletter emails. Right. John Ramsey, God love him. He, you know, he had the, the email phone, the email app on his phone, like the front, like everybody does. And, you know, it pops up with a number of unread emails. And he showed it to me one time. It was like 34,000 someone. I got anxiety just looking at it. That it sounds like, like my uh, email at the hotel. Oh, I was like, how do you do it? I don't ever check my email at the hotel. I've got, I, I know for, you do it. I know for a fact I got well over 2,000. It's too much. <laughs> it's too much. I mean, I don't care about them. Scoots, what was your reaction to the Iowa caucus last night? Uh, it was a sweep, right? I mean, pretty much. <laughs> was it 98 and 99 counties? Uh, well, I think 51% was what he ended up getting. That was a, it was a resounding victory for Donald Trump. I love, I love the people who were shocked by this. Wait, hold on. How did he get 51% when he got 98 of 99 counties? Did he get 98 of 99 counties? That's what I heard. He got 51% of the vote. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Ron DeSantis, I think, got 21%, inching up there for second. And Nikki Haley got 19%. And I don't know what Vivek Ramaswamy got, but it wasn't enough to keep him in the race because he has dropped out now. He's done. He's out. Wow. Uh, he got targeted by Trump, and then boom, he's done. But yeah, I love the people who were shocked by that last night. Like, I can't believe that he got for the thing. Did you never not pay attention to anything? Yeah, he was gonna he was gonna win by a lot. Well, Ted Cruz won in, in 2020. Well, it's not 2020 anymore. You, you can see that one coming. So you weren't hanging on with every update, Scoots. No, I actually didn't even know the results till this morning. Wearing your your go Nikki Haley hat. <laughs> Hoosiers for Haley. <laughs> uh Texture says, would Barron put college football on notice? Uh, I mean, I think it's a big one. It's not like a, you know, it's not like a Cam Ward flip from Miami to go to Louisville. It's it's not quite that big, but so so maybe overstating it a little bit, Brady. But I think it's a big deal for us for sure. Texas, in regards to the Jeff Goodman article, realized that he went from working from ESPN to something called Stadium and the Messenger, so he needs to write clickbait to gain attention and relevancy. Oh yeah, and he's really good at it. Yeah, he, yeah, but he's always kind of done that. And I mean, they you know they have the field of sixty eight stuff where. I, I, they, he does well enough for himself. They still do enough in the scoops game to be relevant. I don't think he needs it that badly. And also, like local fans, it's not like when you, if you're trolling Kentucky, like if you wrote John Calipari, the second worst coaching hire of the last twenty, that's just trolling and getting a lot of attention. Like local fans, like they're kind of like, yeah, he probably is as of right now. So yeah, Texas says uh, Pete Nocta just retweeted this. It's definitely barren. Good. Let's go. Let's make it happen. Hmm. Texas has a friend just uh, just responded to me and just said it's it's not just barren. Okay. Texas, we're about to get. <laughs> I can't read that. Texas says um, he probably got fifty to fifty five percent of each county, meaning he won ninety nine percent of the counties with fifty one percent. Hmm. There you go. Texas, said, I heard that Chris Beard bought a house in St. Matthews. <laughs> Well, which is it? St. Matthews or Prospect? 
all over the place. All these coaching prospects. They're all just clamoring to come to town. Uh, we've got. It feels weird not having football. Once you get like three straight nights of uh, days and nights of, of having NFL games, and then we have Tuesdays without it. It just it feels it feels blank. But it is a nice slate of college basketball games. Scoots, we're like what? Uh, we're just over an hour away from tip off. How are yeah. the nerves feeling? Indiana, Purdue, big chance for the Hoosiers to get back, maybe on the right side of the NCAA tournament bubble, keep their rivalry, bragging rights over there. Their their hated rivals that somehow have ascended to a higher level than they are right now. Where, where's your Where's your nervousness level? Nerves are good. I, I'm not feeling nervous at all, and I'm sure they might creep in closer to seven, but that's why they make beer and fireball. So I'll be okay when the game time comes around. I'm, I am feeling oddly very confident about really? this game, which is probably not good for the Hoosiers. Let's do the Scoots confidence level then. Uh, scale of one to ten, one, no shot Indiana wins this game tonight. Ten, no shot they lose this game tonight. Where's the confidence level? I'm at probably a nine. Really? Yeah, I'm. I'm feeling really good about it. Is if Indiana? I'm be real with you right if now. Indiana that's too can, high. That's, if Indiana can, that number's too high. If Indiana can just avoid foul trouble, then the, I, they will have a phenomenal shot to win this game. Because Purdue's guards haven't been that great this year. So it's a, it's literally only Zach Eady. So if you can shut him down, which you're not gonna shut him down, but if you can somewhat shut him down, I, I like Indiana's odds here. I really do. Here's the thing. You know who else's guards haven't been good that good this year? Indiana's. Yeah. I mean, it's a little suspense. Suck it, Mike. You're not talking me off my nine. Okay? <laughs> You're not talking me off my nine. I'm a freaking nine, I love and the I'm confidence. staying that way. I love the confidence. I'm, it's just, nine feels probably a little too high. But uh, yeah, what, what are you going to do? We actually have a game going on right now on ESPN2. Yeah, weird. Tennessee at eight is weird. I don't know what's up with that. I guess the maybe the weather? I think they started at five. I guess because of the weather in Tennessee. I I'm guess not it's sure. Bad yeah. in Knoxville as well. But Tennessee does lead Florida 44-32 at the end of the first half. Again, that's on ESPN2. A couple other games tonight of note. TCU, which is uh, you know, riding high, the big upset of Kansas recently. They're on the road taking on Cincinnati. The Horn Frogs are number 19 in the country. But they're a three-and-a-half-point underdog uh, at West Miller and Company. Scoots, who do you like here? Uh, that line at Vegas telling you to bet Cincinnati. So it is. I'm going to go with Cincinnati. I, I thought you were going to fall into it. I'm not going to fall into the trap. I think I think these are two really good coaches, Wes Miller and Jamie Dixon. Both definitely know what they're doing. But give me Cincinnati. They've been playing. They've been playing good best. They're quietly playing themselves onto the bubble. Yeah. Which after how bad they've been the last couple of years is is no small accomplishment. And they don't have a great roster either. Who's West, who's their coach? Wes Miller. Who? Okay, he's, oh, that's right. Yeah. A lot of people think is the heir apparent for the North Carolina job at some point, and he was a, is a big hire for UC and. They're ripping the benefits now. Speak. We had Jerome Tang talk a little bit earlier. They are hosting his old school Baylor. Scott Drew and company coming to town with the number nine national ranking. They are fourteen and two. Kansas State is unranked, but they are a one and a half point favorite in this game. Eight o'clock on the Big Twelve Network or ESPN Plus. Scoots, who you got? Yeah, same thing as the last game. I, they're Vegas is begging you to bet um, Baylor, so I'm going to take Kansas State here. I'm going Baylor here. I, 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 if it's trap, I'm falling for the trap. I, I, Kansas State, I don't think that they're going to have this great of a year. I think that they're going to kind of fall off. I'm not sure that they're going to make the tournament. I don't know if you've realized this, but unranked home teams hosting top 25 teams have been really good the last week or so. I know. I, I'm buying – I'm back into the Baylor hype, though. I think that they're like, – I don't know if they're a legit national title contender, but I think that they're better than, than the metrics are giving them credit for right now. I think they win this game. I mean, we talked about Michigan State earlier, and Baylor lost to them by 20. They got hammered, and it wasn't even that close. It was bad. Uh, Kansas plays at Oklahoma State. They seem to drop this game every single year. It's a uh, you know Bill Self played there. It's like he always wants to give a layup to Oklahoma State. I don't know why, but KU is a seven and a half point favorite. It's a bad Oklahoma State team. I, I think Kansas wins this game. 
Um, maybe they don't cover, but they, they're not going to lose this game. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Kansas wins. They do not cover. The only top 25 versus top 25 game tonight is at 9 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus. Number 24, Iowa State on the road taking on number 20, BYU, which is a Big 12 game, as crazy as it sounds. Scoots, who you like here? BYU's a four-and-a-half-point favorite. John Spears has got me fully on board with this BYU team, so I'm going to roll with them tonight. They're fun as hell. I think this is a, a, a game that BYU covers and, and wins at home. I think when they play at Hilton Coliseum, Iowa State wins and covers at home. It's just a, it's a home team matchup. All right, the big show, though, it's coming up right here. We'll hand things over to the professionals uh, once we get off the air. Purdue at Indiana. Boilermakers are number two in the country. Purdue's a nine-and-a-half-point road favorite over IU. Scoots, who you got? I can't say definitively that Indiana's going to win this game, but I can say definitively that they cover that nine-and-a-half. Suck at Purdue. Go Hoosiers. You're a non-confidence level when you won't pick them to win. Um, Purdue's going to win. <laughs> Purdue's going to win. I'm going to say that Indiana narrow cover. Purdue only wins by nine, but it's not that close. Sorry. I hope I'm wrong. I hope for your sake I'm wrong. Regardless, we'll talk about it tomorrow. Everyone enjoy your Tuesday nights. We'll see you guys tomorrow at 3. Go Cards. Cause once I cop on my gut, I'm switch the laces. They all purpose, you hurt me, kind of like my dating. I said, give me two pearls. I need two pearls. So I can get to stomping in my earth.